here we are with an actual episode 313. Um, our, our savvy podcast listeners will acknowledge that 3000 or episode 3012 came out before episode 3011. So, uh, 3000. Yeah, That's I know. Only we, because we missed a few episodes. Yeah, the idiot that takes care of the files, this he's a total schmuck. Somehow just jumped over one of the files. But I know, it's weird. I called Schmuck him. Schmuck doesn't describe it. Schmuck doesn't describe it. I know, he's a cocksucker, but I called him and he said, nope, I have it, it'll go up tomorrow. So right. he's going to handle that shit tomorrow. It. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So everyone enjoy. Uh, so I, I would like to give everybody out there in podcast land the weather report. It was showing 18 degrizzles Frankenstein on my uh, on my device when I was coming home from work today. Dude, it was cold. I, I went, I had to get out of my work because I hate my work. And I went to this this park that I go to to eat lunch just to escape the desolate nastiness that is my job. And I got out of the car because I was like, you know what? The, the It's right by Lake Erie. It's in East Lake over there somewhere, whatever. And I went out and I got out of the car. And it took me about 37 seconds to realize that it was like negative 4,000. With yeah, the you lake. made a big mistake. Getting oh, out of the it car. was at this point that Cinch realized he fucked up. I did. <laughs> my hands literally within 10 seconds, my hands were so cold. I almost didn't make it back to the car before they were like fucking. I couldn't even move them. It was it's cold outside today, man. You guys are a bunch of pussies. I know. We're terrible. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Did what you even leave that? the house today, Chris? Uh, not only that, but I was walking around downtown Cleveland and I left my uh, gloves in the car. I'm fine. Jesus Christ. You survived. Yeah. You're fine. Fine. The burning garbage and bombs, you know, keep you warm. <laughs> Yesterday when it was 28 degrees or 27 degrees, um, I had a customer's zero that we were doing some diagnostic, you know, some diagnostic on. And uh, here's an interesting thing. Uh, the bike came in and, you know, of course, as you do, you throw it on a charger to make sure everything's charged up. Well, it turns out that when zeros get above 90%, they slow the charge rate down. If you've got a, like, if you've got a charge tank on your bike that would normally charge at six kilowatts, um, when you are over 90%, they'll slow that down to three kilowatts to ease the stress on the batteries. It's science. I don't understand, but <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. And so this customer had, you know, taken his zero before the warranty had expired and removed the charging pack. So he'd removed the onboard charger that comes with the bike from the factory, replacing it with uh, three DigiNow chargers, right? So three additional chargers there. And which, of course, here's my rule. If you bought a motorcycle and it's new enough to have a warranty and you do something to circumvent that warranty, wow, you're braver than I am, man. Uh, especially, a, you know, $18,000 motorcycle. And so what he did was he did, he did go outside of it. He did something that would sort of render the warranty on his charging system useless. And he brought the bike into the shop and his complaint was, now we didn't know about this whole pushing the charge down. We didn't know about that. We, we just figured six kilowatts, six kilowatts. It's going to charge at six kilowatts anytime you plug it in. So he complained. He's like, yeah, something's wrong with my bike. You know, um, I, when I was at work, the breaker tripped on our charger by the shop. And then when I went back and threw the breaker on, it was only charging at three kilowatts. Well, I think he was over 90%. I think he was like 93 or 94%. And so the bike was doing exactly what the bike is supposed to do. The downside was he knew that he'd paid for six kilowatt charging and he wasn't getting six kilowatts of charging. So 
we had the bike here at the shop, but it was like 93 or 94%. So I had to go out and, and, you know, reduce the amount of power in the battery. And that's not just like you can open a valve and pour electrons out on the floor of the garage. You know, you can't just stick a tube in the battery and drain power out. Just um, a screwdriver across the positive and negative. Terminal. There you go. That'll drain the power pretty quickly. So the uh, don't do that. So I had to bundle up and I took the bike out for a ride. And this was one of those times you're like, I never wanted a battery state of charge to go down faster than I did yesterday when I was riding this bike around for 45 minutes as I was trying to get the, the battery to go soft on us. And I rode it too freaking far in those temperatures. And my dumbass didn't put thermal, you know, I was just wearing my regular pants. I was wearing my regular, like, you know, uh, Duluth, you know, they're, they're thick, but they're not lined or anything. I froze my fucking ass off. I was out for about 45 minutes to an hour and I was miserable by the time I came back. Someday building a treadmill should be a project. You know what I mean? So you can just treadmill. Well, I mean, you know, like if you're testing a bike and you just want to put it on the treadmill and run through the gears or. I mean, that's what a dyno. I mean, that's essentially what we would be using a dyno for if we had one, you know. (laughs) Well, we're going dyno. I'd strap that thing to it. It's got a fancy giant cat wheel. That's what Nick's got. Nick built a cat walker. The one for a motorcycle. Right. Just put a zero in it. (laughs) So that's cool. The, uh, so, Nick, did you get your goal of getting uh, enough uh, enough watches on your YouTube channel to get yourself uh, partner status? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Um, I still have about 200 watch hours to go. Jesus so. Christ. I had both of my devices going on your channel <laughs> running it. Like, I, the, the whole bandwidth. Well, you know what? I, I think it, it takes a couple days for it to really update. the. Okay. So, I don't really know. It might, it might uh, be a little bit closer than that, but... Who knows? Nick's channel. Yeah, I, ran, I ran through the whole collection too. I yeah. Just well, thank you. Guys. I appreciate it. And like, it's a really, I mean, it's a really fun channel too, especially with the R, the RC car stuff. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that stuff's loads of fun. So Nick, tell the general populace about, you know, Nick makes and breaks things. Yeah. Yeah. That's my channel name. It's Nick makes and breaks stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I have a lot of hobbies and it ranges from like radio control cars to obviously motorcycles and, and just taking stuff apart in general. And there's some random, you know, cat content as well and, and stuff like that. But I like, but I, I have fun making those videos. I like the way it goes from cat accessories to Arduino powered robots and <laughs> resurrecting uh, goodwill or thrift store RC cars. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, so I love that. I mean, that's it's really cool. Let me give you some insight into YouTube. So um, recently, you know, obviously we started the, a YouTube channel with Phil doing Uncle the Motor Stories with Uncle Phil. And so I actually looked into, because I know the content's good enough. I know it needs to just get out there. I actually looked into a couple places to try to promote it and pay for some promotion and get it out there. And so I, I hit up this one company that's a pretty big promotion thing. And they're supposed to look at your channel they're supposed to give you this whole report and tell you what you need to change, your titles changed, your artwork and all this different stuff to try to get whatever. So I I I, I sent the thing, it's a hundred bucks to have this whole thing done and they're supposed to whatever. The dude wrote me back and said, No, you did everything I was gonna tell you to do. You just have to wait. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so, I was like, so YouTube is just weird. So like just chill the fuck out. Man. Yeah, it's just weird. Did he charge you for that? 
No, he actually, he told me, he was like, he goes, I can't do anything for you. Like, basically, like, they want you to have a unified theme. They want you to have, like, you know, like, all your thumbnails be good, but also the same. Your content has to be good and clear and nice. Um, you want to have the same intro and all this stuff. So we said, I said on the channel, we have, like, you know, 19 or 20 videos up now. He was like, yeah, I, I can't tell you to change anything. It, it'll catch on. It'll just take time. <laughs> I was like. Okay, then. And he was that's like, great. sorry, I couldn't take your money. And I'm like, that's cool, because I really don't have any anyway, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird. I And so I, I did the same. So at my job, we have a pretty good internet connection. So I have 11 YouTube accounts from all the years. So I, I opened 11 windows with 11 different YouTube things, and I ran all of your videos. Nice. And I also do it ours, too. So right now at my work, it's running the Moto Stories videos <laughs> over and over right now getting likes and or not or views or hours or whatever the fuck we need to get the things yeah we need yeah, we need the, the thing, youtube the things. things yeah, yeah we, we need a chinese cool. data farm where they're <laughs> mine for like a half cent on the dollar bitcoin and stuff you know like what? that that shit that shit hurts you so like originally when we started the channel i did a thing it was free and so i was like okay i'll do this free thing and like we got like a thousand views but it was all from venezuela <laughs> and so, like, when you go to your analytics, YouTube's not stupid. They're like, oh, you guys had, like, up until today, you had 99.4% of your traffic from the U.S., and then today we had 7,000 hits from Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you know, that, that could be me because I, I run a VPN. I'm sure it wasn't all me, but I run a VPN, and I can set it to come out of any server in like 60 different countries oh no dude the analytics were like the pie shape of where um your views came from were all us and like a sliver of other and then like the day after i did the free thing it was like a giant pie and us was like a tiny sliver other was even smaller and then venezuela was the whole rest of it <laughs> <laughs> nice oh, that's we just took off in venezuela i mean what the heck it could happen Hey. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of people already knew a Phil there, so it was fucking great. <laughs> a lot of ladies, a lot of big boobs sent it in pictures. I didn't know if I forwarded them to you or not, but there was a lot of that, too. So I got those. Can you, oh, pull, okay, them up? Yeah. Can you pull them up right now? <laughs> sure. John Leodi sent us a message on Patreon. He says, you guys, we love you, but you're beating the Janice joke to death. Let it die. Aw. There wasn't one Janice joke in the last... Podcast. I think I the last tell. two podcasts. Yeah, there was very little Janus. After you said not to do Janus jokes, I wanted to do more Janus jokes, but I capitulated. I'm, you know, that's the spirit of it. Somebody yeah. complains, that's what we do more of. Exactly. Right. I kind of forgot about it until he mentioned it. Now we got to break him out. <laughs> now we got to bust out some more Janus jokes. Yeah, of course. But they have to be new and original, not as old shit. Right. Well, you know, that's what I did find out is now in China, they can test you for COVID through your Janus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's nothing like a fresh new Janus. Well, they just come up and sniff the seat. They know exactly what's they going on. Exactly. <laughs> they know exactly. So, have you guys heard? Never this? let your Janus rest. There, there's a thing called. Uh, there's a thing called uh, Rapify, and uh, what Rapify does is Rapify basically. If you're a, an Uber or a Lifter or one of those people that drives your car a whole lot and you're out on the road, instead of driving around a normal car, uh, they will take your car from you and wrap it in their corporate uh, sponsorship. 
And then it's people that pay them money to have their products represented by your car. And uh, you actually then will get some money from having the company's name on your car. 400 a month. Right. So this is what's kind of interesting because you guys remember a movie, Idiocracy? Yeah. Where people's clothing all look like NASCAR sponsorship. <laughs> we have achieved that now where people are voluntarily giving up their car that they drive every day to go get groceries and whatever to be sponsored. Now, the, the thing about this is like, this is open. I mean, I, I looked into this and you as a company, you can pay a certain amount of money to have a car or many cars wrapped with your logo on it in different levels of wrapping, like different levels of commitment. And then there's a program that works with your smart device that Bluetooth detects not just when your car is moving around, but when you are in your car moving it around. So like in order to get paid, you've got to be driving your car around. You can't just put this wrap system on the, you know, the taxi cab that you don't own. Right. Um, there was a story at one point about a guy who uh, put his forehead up on eBay and was trying to auction off his forehead to have anything that you wanted tattooed on it. And he would be a walking tattooed billboard. Well, yeah, and that worked. There was um, during the fights, the Golden Sands or Golden something, like one of the shady like um, uh, uh, Las Vegas companies. They paid a dude, and he did. They did it. They he paid like forty grand to have their logo tattooed on his forehead. Wow. And Steve, it, it was since it was so successful, you can't remember the name of the of the company or the fight. <laughs> I just said what it was. It was whatever I just said. But yeah, I don't. Uh, and the other thing too is, I mean, you just can't do that to anybody. It would have to be somebody that's that people are looking at. It would have you couldn't do it on a guy who doesn't leave the freaking house. You know, what's I the, think our best bet would be Nick because he's got a YouTube channel and he's almost going to get, you know, he's going to meet his threshold. So if he put Cleveland Motor right on his forehead, that'd yeah, be good. Be, well, I was, I was also, oh, I was just thinking, like, what if you do like track days and stuff? That then this could make your car look more legit. It would. Oh yeah. If it says you know preparation H on the side of your Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> That's good cross promotion because it is, you know, it's preparation H, you know, you're ready to go auto crossing uh -huh. and, and plus you could take care of people's butt hurt, you know, and if you did, if you did put Cleveland Moto on your forehead, you know, aside from just looking like a dipshit, you, you know, yeah, there you go. Golden, Golden Palace. Palace wow. that's it. Yeah. Yep. And then look at this. There's a, you know, come on there. And there's, a, there's no shortage of people who've done this by the looks of it. I'm seeing a lot of people. I got this fucking guy. This guy. That one awesome. woman has got yeah xxxhomevideo.com, drfreak.com. So he's got several on his face. Um, and then like there's a there's a lady on the left hand side that's got goldenpalace.com done in 400 point font on her ample bosom. Yeah, that's yeah. kind as of as though, she, as though she needs to wear the hat to sell the package. And this guy, this guy's whole life was ruined by that tattoo, apparently. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah things were going well up until then. It looks like he's got <laughs> 400 beer pull tabs going through his skin. <laughs> okay, anyways. Wow. Yeah. Well, that Is anybody but me mildly disturbed by grumpy sewer guys like Cam? <laughs> Where's your other hand is what I want to know. Right now. <laughs> what? Okay. Right. Okay. 
Because I've seen this before, and he's and got usually, the automatic yeah. flashlight working for him. He's I'm not asleep. Say, Steve's, okay, here I'll turn on the lamp. He's not asleep at least. Yeah. The lighting's not the problem, Steve. It's obviously that you're supine. <laughs> Nick, you got a haircut. I, I, I did get a haircut. I'm fairly sure you don't have pants on right now. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, I don't. If he didn't have pants on for the drive home, why would he put pants on for the podcast? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess in the basement, and it's usually like 12 degrees in the basement. But today, I'm actually in my sunroom. Oh, really? I have a heat pump in here, and it's 72 degrees, and I'm burning up. Really? So I figured. Take your hand off. So you figured you'd air out your satchel? Mm, yes. <laughs> and my Janus. And the Janus. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to say not to say that? Now all I, I well, believe me, that's, that's, that's one of those ones that I just think that we, we really can't ever just let that die. I feel like that the J-anus needs to live on in infamy. <laughs> well... <laughs> Want to hear a joke? Always. Told two because you missed it last week. That's true. A priest is driving his car down a sunny road when he suddenly sees a nun waiting at a bus stop. So he pulls over and offers her a lift, and the young nun says thanks and puts her luggage in the truck and sits down in the passenger seat next to the priest. As they set off, the nun shifts around to fasten her seatbelt, and her gown opens slightly to reveal a lovely leg. The priest glances down and nearly has an accident. After getting the car under control, he can't help but put his hand near her, her knee and slowly slides it up her leg. The nun looks down and immediately says, Father, remember, Psalm 129, or Psalm 129. The priest gets flustered and apologizes profusely, forces himself to remove his hand. However, he's unable to remove his eyes from her leg. Again, while shifting gears, his hand slides up her leg again. The nun announces again, Father, remember, Psalm 129. He apologizes, sorry, sister, the flesh is weak. At arriving at the convent, the nun gets out, gives him a meaningful glance and a wink, and goes on her way. <laughs> a wink? A wink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. Oh, yeah. on, on his arrival back at the church, the priest rushes in to retrieve his Bible and looks up Psalm 129. Psalm says, go forth and seek. Further up, you will find glory. <laughs> nice. That's good. That's fantastic. The uh, I got a nice email today from the folks over at Tesla, and it turns out they are planning to release the Cybertruck by the end of the year, or by the summertime, Ooh. I guess. They're wow. going to start releasing Cybertrucks. What does that mean for you? Well, I have a deposit down on one, so that means I might, in fact, be getting a Cybertruck. I mean, who knows? When they did these deposits, a $100 deposit that is refundable, only an idiot wouldn't submit a deposit. So who knows how long it's going to take them to get through all the Cybertrucks until they get to my deposit. But So raise your hand here if you're an idiot that didn't put down a $100 deposit. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, of all the other cars that were out there, like the LEO and all kinds of things that people could put a deposit down and have a substantial amount of money and lose that deposit um the tesla doing a 100 dollars deposit i was just like man i really i do love that i mean i love the idea of the tesla 
truck and I, I like a lot of things about it. So I did. I put the $100 deposit down on the middle one, you know, the one with a 300 mile range and the four wheel drive, but not so the ridiculous, you know. What are, what are they supposed to sell for? Um, they come in at $39.99, $49.99, and I believe $59.99. And then an extra $10,000 cherry on top if you want the 100% self-driving feature. You have so. to figure that's almost as soon as you get that truck. I mean, you've all, you've immediately got a first-gen yeah. uh, vehicle that could potentially be kind of even more valuable than the day you get it. You know what I mean? Like it could be one of those situations where people who didn't get one want one and they would give you double the money just to get their hands on one. Just to get one. I think there's, there's quite a bit of that. And I think that especially with this kind of a product, there will be people that are like, Oh, they didn't put a deposit in and they just really want to own one. And this particular car, because this isn't a $200,000 car, you know, for a lot of people, this is just fuck you money, you know? So uh, I think that the idea behind us doing it is with us doing zero electric motorcycles and doing Energicas, and then we just signed a contract for new NIU, which are the little um, electric scooters, you know, that, that are, you know, up to 45 miles per hour in a 40-mile or 50-mile range, give or take. So, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of electric products at our shop, so I thought it'd be great if I could deliver those products in an electric truck. Makes sense. And as opposed to a Rivian or something like that, I wanted to have an electric truck that fucking looks like an electric truck. I want you to get an ATV. I started some negotiations for a new truck yesterday, and now you've got me reconsidering. Yeah, I don't. I I can't promise you that this one's going to be out or anybody's like. And if I'll even get mine this year, I have no idea. I I could only assume that. <clears throat> how long is it going to take them to build? I think they have over a million um, reservations for these cars, or a million deposits. So a million deposits at a hundred bucks deposits. That's a hundred million dollars that they got to to start the project and right. fund that. Yeah, crazy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's. Uh, that's. I think we found that out today with the stock market and our our friends over at uh, <laughs> buying GameStop. A very, a very qu- quickly failing video game store just got, I think, a $22 billion influx of value to their company. I, I love what they did, though, because they fucked the stupid hedge funds. Well, yeah, the short sellers, the short sellers yeah, have always they, been. Some of them are going to also have screwed themselves. Yes, right. of course. Absolutely. But if I you're guarantee. doing it for not making money, but if you're doing it to just stick it up a hedge fund, you know, guy's yeah. ass. Then, I wish I wish I had that kind of money to throw away. Well, the people who have been the people who have every year annually been trying to short Tesla stock, you there's many videos and documentaries about people that thought they were going to short Tesla stock, and unfortunately, it just continues to go up. And so did the, so did you hear that the uh, that the the stock exchange stopped day traders from trading? those four stocks, but the, uh, the professionals and the institutions were still allowed to trade them today. Yeah. And that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. The, uh, bullshit. Basically the individuals were not allowed to, they were allowed to sell. They weren't allowed to buy. Couldn't buy. Yeah. So basically that that's artificially decreasing <laughs> the value of those, those four stocks. That's right. That's exactly. And, and, and covering the ass of the, of the guys that are doing the shorting. Yeah. Yep. So it's a it's a really I think it's a really interesting experiment. If nothing else, I think it might change a couple of things the way we deal with that. In this so I went out and bought two new video games. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, the is these guys in these hedge funds yeah. are going to play the same game, but they're going to go long on some of this stuff. And then they're going to manipulate these guys into buying the stack, and they're going to have a long position in it. And then they're going to make a ton of money by these guys buying it up. And then as soon as it hits a price point, they'll sell and they'll screw those guys. So, I Steve, mean, you're already letting the the clues out. Now you just ruined it for everybody. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is Jeez, what they need oh, to do geez. is limit anybody from like, they should limit a hedge fund from being able to like manipulate a certain percentage of the stack. So what they need to say is you're only allowed to sell if you have a position you're only allowed to have like a half a percent uh, per day of selling right. off your position or, or shorting a half a percent. And then right. that would stop all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. So you're in favor of more regulation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. I'm Come on, Q. Tell us the truth. I don't have a problem with regulation. Like, I mean, Glass-Steagall, they got rid of Glass-Steagall, right? And it right. fucked the whole mortgage banking industry. That's true. Yeah. The, uh, your boy Clinton did that, though. So <laughs> Today was probably my most financially significant day of my life. I had the uh, uh, good fortune to be able to go pick up a check for the proceeds of the sale of our house. Actually, it was two checks. Yes. For $28,580. Nice. There you go. Yeah. So I got one. Grandma got one. And... We got to find out a way to launder the, the money out of grandma's name and into mine. <laughs> well, I, I believe this was that time when she was planning on buying that stamp collection you had. Yeah, so yeah. She was buy that that extensive stamp collection that you've been working on for the past, you know past forty years, and yep. that stamp collection was you know well over twenty thousand dollars worth of stamps. Yep. Yep. I'm going to sell her a 19. I'm selling her a 1979 Scout for twenty eight thousand dollars. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The problem with this. The problem with the Scout is there's a title, or there should be. Somebody can have the. If you want to come seize the title, you can have it. You can come and see that title. Yeah. yeah. So there's a uh, on Bring a Trailer. I and mean, if you guys aren't familiar with Bring a Trailer, they, they're a really good site for buying uh, and seeing cool cars. And it's not, it's definitely not eBay. It's definitely not Craigslist. Bring a Trailer really enforces this thing. Like if you're going to list a car on Bring a Trailer, it's got to be fucking good. They've got standards, and uh, they'll write your description for you. And Bring a Trailer is just one of those things. I've been I love reading or seeing what's on Bring a Trailer, but there are a cat asked over there from Nick. The, <laughs> that's the, there are things that show up on bring a trailer that just, in my opinion, just shouldn't be on bring a trailer, but they can be pretty funny. So if you look on the thing I put up in the chat window, these, uh, Chrysler snow runners, uh, snow runners have had just a hell of a year on bring a trailer. And, uh, I remember a good period of time when I had two of these that I got for the, princely sum of free and they didn't come together they each arrived totally independent of the other apparently though 1990 or so was a good year to get rid of your chrysler snow runner so if steve can bring up uh, a picture of a chrysler snow runner uh for most of our podcast listeners where they live in a place that doesn't have you know 72 inches of partly cloudy per year uh you wouldn't need to know about a chrysler snow runner uh, but what that particular vehicle is, is it's basically 
a moped for the snow. Very cool. Uh, and these things were, when I was a child, these things were a hot commodity. Like this was how you knew Timmy had the cool dad. Um, just the craziest damn thing in the world. And the snow conditions do have to be kind of perfect for these um, because it is narrow. It's a very skinny belt and there is a belt back there. There's actually a drive belt that um, works very much like a regular snowmobile, but this kick-ass little two-stroke 135 cc motor back there rips along and turns the belt. Is and that the same engine that they put in the Rokan? It's the same motor, they, the engine they use in a ton of stuff. Uh, so if you if you look up that motor, you'll find that many vehicles had that motor in the mid seventies and late sixties. Um, that little two stroke one thirty five got put in everything. And it's very funny that this particular vehicle has the word Chrysler stamped on it because it's not a Chrysler motor. So it's a fun little thing. And the one that I had, I did actually go to all the trouble of making it work. And I can tell you is the, what you have going through your head because it's the motorcycle configuration is that you're going to be like cruising through the snow at 50 miles per hour. And when you do actually get it going and you get it running and you find the right level of packed snow and you know, there's enough snow on there to make the front ski grip. Cause if you're on a flat parking lot, that's just iced over or solid, the front ski does nothing to grip onto and you just fall down a lot. The, uh, but if you get the right amount of snow where the back can hook up but not dig itself in and the front can hook up to steer, you'll realize that 25 miles per hour is fucking flying on that particular vehicle. This so the snow runner, it doesn't need more motor. When you see pictures of those dirt bikes with the track kit on the back and the uh, big front ski on the front, you'll realize that is like four times too much horsepower. But the SnowRunner, and they're selling, it's hilarious, they're selling for between like two and $4,000 right now. That's insane. Like that. That's totally insane. Far <laughs> too much money for something you could probably use in a very small part of America for a very short period of time. So, the uh, but it is a hilarious thing, and it's a motorcycle anomaly. It's something that people who ride motorcycles their whole life will never even know existed. And that's the Chrysler SnowRunner. Uh Fun. Well, it's not like it's not like people buying it are actually going to use it. it. It's just a cool thing to own, I think. I think it is a cool thing to own. I think it's and I think that's funny about it is of all the motorcycles ever created in history, it has one of the most unfortunate looking seats I've ever seen. Um, the gas tank is the frame, much like a mad ass, uh, mad ass bike. What is funny about it is the uh, the riding position, I don't know if you see, have the opportunity to see a human being sit on, sitting on it, but it is very chopper-esque. It's a very strange thing. Like They definitely don't want you putting too much weight on that front ski. That front ski is basically just a suggestion. So, yeah, it's a very interesting, weird um, motorcycle oddity. So, just thought that'd be fun for folks. Speaking of uh, motorcycle oddities, I... I Got, I joined a whole bunch of various uh, Honda CT groups and, and Super Cub groups and stuff like that. And uh, one of the groups I joined was people building those uh, those BMX bike frames that you can mount a like a Honda 50 engine in it. And I, I've decided that's that's something that I want to do in the future. That's your next it move? Also has the, what was that? 
That's your next move? That's what you're going to build? Uh, I don't know if that's my next move, but that's a future move, I, I think. Because it's got the, like, the gas tank in the frame as well. And it, it just, I want to go as small as possible. Like, what is the lightest bike that a Honda horizontal single could possibly power? What's that? Uh, what, what was that one they made that uh, for two years in Japan that was had the 50cc? It looks like a bicycle, it had a monoshock. It, but it's got a gas tank. It was a like an experimental model, hmm. uh, like a. It it had seventeen inch wheels, but it had forks, and uh, it was a great. I, I want to get one so badly, but you can't import them. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of interesting. I I can't recall that. It must have been from a ways back. It was the eighties. It was. Uh, it was the eighties, I think. Mm-hmm. And it had seven and it had uh seventeens on it? It had seventeens. It yep. was uh it looks like a it looks like a bicycle, but with a monoshack. It's a single seater, it's a solo. Is it a Honda solo? Uh-huh. Is that what it was called? I don't know. I, I just stumbled upon the Honda Super ninety concept motorcycle, and I have to say Damn! Uh, wh- wow, that's crazy. Uh, if you you're you, saying it's a modern Honda Super ninety. If you Google Honda Super ninety concept motorcycle, as I'm sure somebody will, um, Honda Super ninety concept. What I've just seen there is I've seen the future, and I like it. <laughs> it looks like it might even have a gasoline powered engine, which Chevy has said they won't have any more of by 2035. Um, but that concept, that Honda Super 90 concept is just crazy looking. The, uh, it, it's who's, cool. Who, who's putting stuff in the microwave there? I just heard somebody. Well, What's you that? know, I sent over, I sent that one text, text about the ST125. <laughs> and that's a, I mean, if that thing comes out, it's going to be a take my money moment. Because sure, I, will, absolutely. I will definitely be on one of those. Mm-hmm. Steve, pull up Honda Solo 50. Honda Solo 50? <laughs> I'm on it. Hold on. But for people out in the podcast listening area, the ST125 is like the venerable ST90, which is a larger version of a CT70. Right. But they're talking about releasing it in maybe 2021 or 22. You know what, Steve? I'm glad you brought this up because I had completely forgotten about this thing. But boy, you're not kidding. Uh, 2003. And... uh, you get down to the the one with the black inserts on the gas tank. And, I, I uh, want one of those so badly. Yeah, click on that. That is just tasty. Yeah. That's kind of sharp looking. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The Honda Solo. Yep, and that's got that same motor that they put in the Dream. Now the late model Dream had that crazy dual overhead cam motor, and uh, it put out serious serious fun. So the the Dream Fifty motor. Um, don't let the 50 part fool you. That's aftermarket though. That Yeah, I think they're right. That looks like it. Because they, yeah. they have a horizontal 50cc. Like most of them have that horizontal. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, I see that. Yeah. Yep, that's a that's a standard does everything. Uh, right. Fucking hate Pinterest. Fuck you. Oh, yeah, Pinterest, Pinterest makes the internet no fun. Yep. Yeah. The uh, But yeah, that's crazy cool. There it is. There yeah, it is. that's pretty. Oh, there it is. 
that's a neat thing to have around. We talk about a that's a, that's so minimalistic. Oh yeah, but it's perfect. I mean, that's I would the kind of thing Nick's of talking about. But I think well, Nick is going. I think well. even even simpler than that. If you, right. Steve, if you could bring up a picture, like if you Google, sorry, I'm making you Google everything, oh, but Honda BMX, right? Um, it's literally it looks like a BMX bike, but it has instead of having pedals, it has a little Honda engine, a little motor. Well, that's very much kind of like what the Sax Madass was. I mean, it was yep. basically yep. A, a mountain bike with a, a motor in it. And same with the Kimco K-Pipe. You know, the Kimco K-Pipe was the same idea, right? But I think that where Nick's talking about, like, this is rigid front end, rigid back end. Right. And, you know, it just pedals yeah. harder than you ever could. Wow, that's crazy. That's seriously a BMX bike with a fucking yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, what a, it's a little bit larger than, a, than an actual BMX bike, but yeah, you can see it's stretched. Same a idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, super cool. But wait, was it made by Redline? The Redline X Honda. So I they, think it's a Redline frame. Well, it's yeah. Lotha on the. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a couple different companies manufacturing these frames. I mean, Lotha does all kinds of cool stuff. So didn't they do that one CB one hundred and sixty and some stuff? Yep. Uh, yeah, that's cool of, though. That's that's cool really ones. neat. That was really that's really neat. Cool. That's super cool. Anybody do their homework on the KLR six hundred and fifty? I did. Yeah, I did. The crap. Uh, so let's before you even start, let's just, okay. let's initiate everybody in on this fucking thing. Okay, so we all know we we had the Honda, we had the KLR six fifty um, in nineteen twenty one. Kawasaki designed, engineered, <laughs> and built the first KLR six fifty. Um, the bike has been around forever. Um, it's been used by many militaries all over the planet. Uh, there's no shortage of them in my garage. Uh, I've owned way more than I should have. Um, at one point I owned six of the actual military KLR 650s that went to Iraq, that went to Saudi Arabia. And, uh, John has one of those now. Um, I still have two of them left. I have one that I picked that I ride that has extremely low miles on it and has combat injuries. It, it has fragmentation from a grenade or some other thing <laughs> in the bike. Like it's actually got damage in it. And we pulled a 12.7 millimeter, that's 50 caliber Russian, uh, round from between the frame and the motor. So uh, that's bikes that have actually seen combat duty. It's pretty, legit. Pretty weird, right? And But KLR 650s have been around for no shit forever. And they really only went through one major change. One time and one time only. And that's, I mean... Saying that when there's a DR650 still on planet Earth really doesn't mean shit because the DR650 has done exactly the same thing, but I don't think the DR650 ever changed. I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same motorcycle you could buy in the 80s. Old new graphics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when Kawasaki came out with their Generation 2 in the, you know, in the 2010s, Really, what it did is they made the front end a little more aerodynamic. They got away from the square headlight. They got away from the square plastics around it. And they did make it look a little more aerodynamic. But they didn't give us a sixth speed in the transmission on a motorcycle that people do ride on the freeway a lot. I mean, I've ridden cross-country on that bike. And they didn't give us fuel injection. So the two biggest complaints, they didn't address. They just changed the shape of headlight and made the thing look sleeker the problem was it you know you used to be able to take a klr and swing a baseball bat at it and the baseball bat would bounce off 
because like the plastics were very resilient. The plastics were really like they could take a hit. And then the new bikes um, that came out that, that mid generation, they came out, they were very brittle. Like you would drop the bike even against your own knee and the plastic would crack. Yeah. It and had that's sport like bike plastic on a dirt bike. That is not the. That is definitely not the spirit of a KLR six hundred and fifty. You're supposed to be able to kick them over and have it cost you nothing. So I've had one of those uh, KLR six hundred and fifty modern, you know, facelift bikes, and as much as the motor and everything is the same, and it has the upgrade, so you don't need to do the doohickey mod. Doohickey, right? So that's a big. That's one thing that they did change that is important. Is no more of these timing cam ch- advancer failures. Now, as a guy who's run a lot of miles on KLRs, that wasn't a thing that killed a lot of KLRs. It was something that people were aware of and they could mod, so everyone did. And I have seen these things come out of bikes all fucked up and the bike is still running really well. So So as a game, how about everybody says what they think? What did Kawasaki do for 2022 to update the KLR? (laughs) Does anybody have an idea? I I know exactly. I have the whole list in front of me. You got a whole list. <laughs> All right. Well, then don't don't answer yet. Anybody else who has not researched? Well, I don't have the list in front of me. Okay. And I did see a picture, briefly, low resolution, shot at a distance through a coffee filter, um, and <laughs> I can tell you that they changed the plastics for sure. Yeah. And but. I can only tell you that the motor, that the motor configuration, the motor itself looks identically the same. It is. The motor looks the same and the plastics look different. I'm going to cross myself right now in the Marilyn Manson fashion and I'm going to hope that it has fuel injection. Well, I'll it say they, I mean, the fuel injection, I mean, I would think they would put that on there, but I would say that they, tuned it for mid-range and so they fucked something else up in the system to make it like run less not as good as it used to run okay yeah opposite all right i'm I'm going to make the bold assumption that it is approximately 30 pounds heavier than it was before Ooh, that's correct that's painful shit you are correct well wow that's not cool should we take a look at this beast? Yeah, bring it up, man. Bring it up. And then let's right. let John break it down for us and tell us what do they do. All right. Because it's only been gone for a couple of years, right? One. Yep. One year. One year. So this is a Gen 3. So these are the highlights. It's got new fuel injected 652 single cylinder engine. It's basically the same engine. Yeah. But when I, you know, from reading it, they did some, they put different cams in it. Mm-hmm. They did some stuff with the intake and exhaust ports and the, the track. So they're actually trying to get more horsepowers out of it. Interesting. Uh, multifunction digital instrumentation with a fuel gauge. So a new dashboard, new LED headlight. New bodywork, including a fuel tank. The, mm-hmm. the fuel tank's been reworked. Yeah. I can a see larger that. front disc and optional ABS. Okay. Greater wind protection and styling. So <clears throat> it looks like it might have a little bit more windshield and stuff. <clears throat> it looks like they increased the carrying next- capacity. When they say the increased carrying capacity, the rear uh, the rear part of the frame is no longer modular. modular. It's actually welded on. And that so is that's all solid now. 
Yeah. So that was a big problem with KLRs is the KLRs actually had um, the subframe, the back, the back of the bike was bolted onto the mainframe with these two rather, you know, normal belt, normal bolts. And the cool thing that everybody would do is you'd get rid of those two um, bolts that were captured by threads on the inside of the mainframe. They were notorious to fail. And you would just put a giant fucking bolt through it. You put a big, giant 10 millimeter bolt through there, you know, a diameter. And you'd put that through. And then you could literally, the back end of the bike wouldn't fall off anymore if you overloaded <laughs> it. Yep. And so but, that's clearly they've addressed that. But look at this. Read the blue. Oh. Okay, five still still five gears. Yeah. Yep. And so wait, so they they they've revised the third gear. I don't know how. Just the dogs apparently. A new finishing process on the fourth and the fifth gears, and a new thrust needle clutch release bearing should make things a bit smoother and more robust. But it hasn't changed anything to do with giving you something resembling uh, overdrive. The overdrive. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. yeah. They also uh, increased the length of the the wheelbase is actually longer because of a new swing arm, yeah. and they used longer swing arm pivot shafts mm -hmm. as well as larger axle shafts. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's never. This a bad is new. Thing. Look at this. They have a digital dash now. Oh, I can tell yeah. that they they parked this bike right. In, they parked this bike between an Africa Twin and a KTM Adventure at lunchtime. And what happened is this bike did what most KLR owners did, and it stole parts off of the two bikes it was parked next to. <laughs> yeah, the engine got that. fuel injection, revised cam profiles, a larger exhaust pipe diameter, updated like the clutch. They increased the generator uh, output from 17 to 26 amps. Okay, that's good. Low maintenance battery, lighter starter, and it closed the milk crate. And also, <laughs> heated, heated grips come standard now. Okay. Nice. That's smart. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it is, look, don't get me wrong. Oh. It's it's a good-looking motorcycle as far as those things are concerned, and I love anything that comes from the factory with urban camouflage. And look, it's only, I mean, that's actually reasonable for what it it's is. Staying, it's basically staying at almost the same price. Yeah, the price didn't change right. at all. And now you get fuel injection. Yeah. You got fuel injection, you got heated grips, and you got uh, a bigger gas tank, and the price didn't go up. So, yay. Good job, guys. Good job. I think that's a, that's a win. I think so, too. I think it is. I think it's absolutely a win for the KLR650, even though they didn't give us a sixth speed in the transmission. Yeah. So, I guess the owner will have to adjust that via sprocket choices. Looks way better. So, I mean... I don't like six speeds anyway. Yeah. Well, I, you know, for me, the problem with my bike was I chose to make the mistake of using a KLR to go cross country on, which, you know, doing a cross country trip on a single cylinder motorcycle is never a great idea. And uh, to do it on the KLR, the KLR could look, the fact that it made it to Alaska and made it back, it already speaks volumes about the fact that it's a really fucking good motorcycle. But what I can tell you is that. At the higher range of the speed, the uh, the motor was actually being protected by that 21-inch front wheel. And so every time I would get up to a speed that I was like, I'm really, I feel good at this speed. I'm making time now. I'm going 80 miles an hour. As soon as I would hit 80 miles an hour, the front wheel would start oscillating. You know? So the front wheel was your rev limiter. The front wheel was the best cruise control I would ever have as far as like you're about to, you know, you're, you're just going to overtask the motor. And, but yeah, the front wheel at 80 miles an hour would start hunting 
And I would keep taking items, luggage items, heavy things, and moving them to the middle of the bike. So, I know my bike, whenever I got it, when it still had the knobbies on it, yeah. I took it up to like 90 mile an hour and it was in a full, yeah. a full blown fucking wag. Like, whoa. Totally involved, yeah. Would uh, a steering damper help that or is that just a chassis thing? You know what? I don't think it's a steering dampener thing. I think there's just, I think that actually, I think that Kawasaki fixed it because by fixing the swing arm mounting point, mm. what people don't realize is a lot of time when you have a, oscillation at the headset the problem's not in the front end yeah. most of the time if you tighten up the back end and get rid of sloppy swing arm bushings that are 80 years old or something or you get rid of sloppy shock mounts and stuff that are old you get rid of all that stuff and your oscillation in your handlebars goes away because that's definitely what it felt like the bike was hinged in the middle and it was like yeah usually if you can tighten up a swing arm assembly you can tighten up the uh the pivot point and you get that nice and good and get some new bushings in there and that front end will disappear. The thing is, I've had KLRs that were literally brand new that did that at 85 to 90 miles per hour. Hmm. So, you know, it's it's just part of the way they were built. And maybe that's what they did with that redesign and that swing arm. And by making that swing arm longer, it's going to also make that go away. So that's cool. You know, it sounds like they they, they listened. Good I guess that. we'll see. Like yeah. most of what they did made it more streetable. Yep. Uh, it still has the same amount of sus uh, suspension travel. Uh, I don't know what they did. It, it didn't. I don't remember them saying anything about the doing much with the suspension in and of itself. They didn't do the one thing I wanted them to do, which was put in a Versys motor. <laughs> but the seat looks really comfortable. Yeah. The if they did a better seat, that would be great because that's the biggest downfall on mine. It's still the same. I mean, it's still within a couple of hundred bucks of buying a Vespa 300. So, you know, around my shop, I have the natural tendency of comparing everything to the price of scooters. Which one's Scooter. more Camaro? What's that? Which one is more Camaro? A Vespa Ooh. or a KLR? Ooh. No, because Vespas are weird. When you, ride a, when you ride a Vespa, it's actually the least Camaro thing you can do. Oh, of course. It's yeah. so overtly... It's it's almost like a wallet chain and a leather vest. Like, no, I know, you know, I get it, but but I'm saying owning one compared to just riding one, which is yeah. more Camaro. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, and that's the funny thing is KLR 650s have always been GI Joe's motorcycle. Like, so if people didn't know anything about motorcycles and you ride up on a KLR 650, everyone thinks you're riding a giant dirt bike. They don't realize what you're riding is a big floppy, you know, single cylinder touring bike you know yeah, thing so. i'm riding a giant dirt bike i've yeah. actually ridden mine <laughs> yeah and my biggest disappointment the biggest disappointment was the one time i was riding and i went down there to uh clear fork mm -hmm. and a kid showed up on a brand new one and i'm like oh nice bike hey yeah you want to go for a ride let's go up this hill he's like no 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 <laughs> like you paid your 20 bucks you yeah. came here for a reason yeah. Let's go ride some trails. Don't worry. It's not that. And he was at no, he wanted no, no part, part of it. Of I think he rode up the main slope, turned around, came back and left. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I well, mean, like every BMW guy that spends $28,000 to be able to conquer the world and they don't do anything. Not all. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not saying all. I'm yeah. not trying to generalize. I get it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you know what? I will have more fun on a $900, 125cc dirt bike 
you know um i i will have more fun on a thousand bucks worth of 25 dirt bike than i will on twenty thousand dollars and that's the thing that's the thing that most adventure dudes need to realize Mm -hmm. is that there's like 12 people in the country that can rip a fucking 1200 cc adventure bike yeah the rest of us are riding them on the highways and doing things like that and 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 if you want to enjoy off-road you'd be better served getting a 250 something that weighs 230 pounds and riding that you could go on youtube right now and watch a guy jumping his klr 650 over a road yeah right 20 feet in the air It will do it, we'll but do it. you've got to you you've got to be able to command that beast. Yeah. yeah does the, does the new KLR have upside down front forks? I don't think so. No, I think as far as I could tell, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about updated any better suspension on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, they'll let you pay for that in the aftermarket. Yeah, they're not going to pay for that on the front end. So that was that's pretty cool. Um, we also wanted to talk right now. I, I participate in a lot of electric vehicle forums, as we already mentioned in, a few times in this podcast. But there's been, I mean, the nerds are just fucking in bloom right now over the Harley Davidson Livewire because when Harley Davidson did their launch of you know they they did their website for 2021 and there wasn't a 2021 Livewire on their website. There wasn't one. There just fucking wasn't one. So all the people from all the different press agencies and stuff like that, they started inferring that because there wasn't a 2021 Livewire on the factory's website, that they were going to cut the project and that they were they were going to stop the bleeding on the Livewire project and make it go away. And then recently, you know, a few days ago, Harley Davidson had a big virtual launch of all their bikes for 2021. And there were a few bikes that weren't there. There were a few bikes that weren't present in the virtual launch. And so a lot of people, when they said, okay, well, these bikes weren't present in the virtual launch, holy shit, what's going on? You know, and and that's something that people really, really got upset about. So to see that there were certain vehicles that weren't represented as 2021 model years, and this is one of those things that when you look at the live wire, everything that they're saying about the live wire is 2020. So, you know, see, now you clicked on it, it still says 2020 on the website where mm. all the other products they're carrying through all specify 2021. When Harley Davidson was approached about this, uh, they said that they're going to be doing another launch in okay. June that will specify the 2021 live wire. So to a lot case, of us, that's like when Q tells you that they're going to overthrow the government tomorrow. Right. No, but you're, you have a good say, point. Well, no, we meant two weeks from now. These all say 2021. They all do. And I have to admit, this is pretty dope. I would buy that. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. But anyways, so there, yeah. yeah. But then when you go, just like you were saying. Yeah. And what does it say? But Oh, oh. 2020. Yeah. Right. Uh, interesting. And so I guess also in the, I also guess in the accessories catalog, for Harley Davidson, when they list the the 2021 bikes, they don't list the 2021 um, Livewire. So, you know, they don't make these websites by, by accident. These are multi-million dollar websites. And so when somebody makes the decision to have a 2021 version of everything, except for the Livewire, 
And then there's also things like the Panamera and the Bronx that are, you know, that are on not getting, you know, what's happening isn't what people said was going to happen. So it's a very, it's a very strange time right now. But what I can tell you is the freaking internet guys are just gone bonkers. The, the Harley Davidson live wire forum is just product. They're, they're predicting dogs and cats living together. I mean, they are convinced that they have all been swindled. If you read this forum, these guys are like, look, I just spent $30,000 on a motorcycle that Harley Davidson did for one freaking year. Um, I'm very fearful that my product is not going to be supported. My $30,000 product may not be supported into the future. It's really getting creepy over there. And well, if they had done the research, they would have bought a zero anyway. I don't even want to get into that. I mean, yes, zero, Energica, Harley Davidson, those are the three big ones. Um, you know, we did read the we read the news release that said that Harley Davidson was the best selling electric motorcycle in the world. No, uh, the Harley Davidson Live Wire, the Live Wire, was the best selling model. Whereas Zero has eight models. And if you put them all together, it's a lot more than live wires that they sold. But, you know, Zero has eight different models. Energica has four different models, six different models. Whereas Livewire, Harley has one model. So, Beatrice. Yeah. Hello. Hi. I'm, I'm just waiting for you to turn your dad into some sort of a minion or some other strange creature. I know you're going to. I know it's only a matter of time until some filters end up on your father's head. Cyclopsize him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait, she wants this. Hold on. We'll make this happen. He's gonna make you. She's gonna make you into Taranga Leela from. Uh, oh, there you go. Of course, yes. Oh yeah, that's a good one. So as oh, I was saying, now they jumped onto you. See, oh the pig! Oh my god, the pig! Now, is that pig or is that just a tan-colored bat? Because you kind of look like a bat. <laughs> Bats have that. Oh, 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 oh! Look out! There's sharks. Yeah, that's my favorite right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you got you got to knock that off. It's the sparkles. I'm telling you, it's the sparkles. I can't get it. All right. So sorry. Go ahead. Here. Do you remember how for years we used to say how nobody's making beginner bikes? Yeah, I think we can finally put that to rest. I think Everybody we can. I think beginner bikes. I think the topic of our conversation for the first five years of our podcast was that. There you go. There's the Cyclops. Oh, she stole it from you. <laughs> the. Uh, I totally agree that the first five years of our podcast, where we were telling everybody the problem is they don't offer cool small bikes to the American market. Jesus, there's a lot of cool small bikes. The 300cc segment is ridiculous. In it's fact, ridiculous. most manufacturers are op offering at least two or three. In the th you know, like Yamaha has the R3 yep. and the MTO3. Yep. BMW's on the act, in the act. KTM's in the act. Right. Honda's got like a plethora. I mean, if you go from the you know the CBR 500 yeah. all the way down to the monkeys and the passport and, and, and the rebels and the stuff, I mean, yeah. And there's only more coming. Right. Yeah. There's no shortage right now of brand new motorcycles. And I hope I, I hope at this point it doesn't bite people in the ass because if I were the dealer that had to carry that. See, remember, every time um, a company comes out with a new model, 
keep in mind, your local dealer has to carry that. He doesn't get an option on that. He's got to carry that. So when you see Suzuki that has all of their 1986 models in stock still, but then also brings out 15 new ones, your poor dealer's got to carry all those bikes. And so, um, yeah, Suzuki, Honda, um, Birch is 300. What's that? Versi 300 now. Yeah, Versi's 300s. There's so many bikes that are available. And I saw saw they're talking about doing the, you know, uh, bigger versions of all these bikes too. So we looked at the Honda Rebel with its 300 and its 500. And now they're talking about doing, what is it, a Rebel 1100? So so you, you sell these bikes to people and stuff. When they come in, what is the age group of people buying the smaller bikes? Is it it's, are younger people or is it? It is. It's, it is. And then this part is, this part holds true. It is young people or it is smarter people that are returning to riding. So the guys that have, their kids have gone to college now and they're looking for a bike, the smart ones, right? The guys who aren't so smart, they're saying, I had a 650 in 1983. Now I need a 1200 because I'm older, right? But, <laughs> That and they have more insurance. Well, with, with, with young people, too, I think you'll see that the people who do more research are the ones that are being more modest with what they think they can handle, Boy, you said whether, that, whether that be motorcycle-wise or monetarily. You're, you're absolutely right. Remember that 20 years ago, my biggest buyer my you know uh, in, a, in a previous life, I was at a Suzuki dealership where the young guys came in and all the young guys came in and they wanted GSXR 1000s. They wanted Hayabusa's. They wanted ridiculous, unattainable horsepower, right? And if you even suggested to them that they might have a Katana 600, they would just scream and moan and piss and they'd be like, well, okay, maybe I'll take a GSXR 600. Be like, well, that GSXR 600 is still over 100 horsepower. Right. But there was so much ego attached to having 1000 cc's. Now, in today's market, the people who are buying motorcycles, and I will say this about the millennial market, is they are risk averse. So they are very concerned about, you know, hospital bills. They're concerned about insurance costs. They're insured about, well, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'd say, they're mostly concerned about the insurance they don't have. Right. And when they look at bikes, they are not looking at 100 horsepower bikes. They tend to actually be telling me things like, okay, well, I want a good entry level bike. I'm like, well, this, you know, this Benelli 300, the 302S, it goes 100 miles per hour. And they're like, oh, no, I don't want that. Like, well, you don't have to go 100. And that's my point is I'm like, well, the car you drove here in goes 125, but you didn't do that on the way here, you know? I don't have to be a badass. And that's what's interesting is they will never find out. They really don't want to know that that Benelli goes 100 miles an hour. And that's what differentiates it from some of its competitors. You know, it's a two-cylinder motor with a whole bunch of valves. So it goes faster than its single-cylinder competitors. So it is interesting. And then our guys that are getting back into riding, like Chris, you know, when Chris came into the shop, Chris was the perfect example of his kids had gotten old enough that they could afford to lose him, right? <laughs> yeah, and they took me out every weekend and lost me, but I found my way back. <laughs> well, and it was really, it was a good thing in, in Chris's life that he was able to get back into riding motorcycles, you know? But Chris didn't come back into it and say he wanted an 1100cc GS, you know? I said, I said, help me put my, 
yeah, 450 GS back together. <laughs> he literally yeah, just exactly. said, I wanted to pick up where you, you wanted to pick up where you left off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's a box of parts. That was exactly all he cared about was like, can we just make that be stasis? Just like a point on the timeline that just never moved. So, yeah. And that's and that's great that he took his his actual bike and restored his actual bike to the way that, you know, that he bought it. He probably went home and put his old jeans on too. you know, the the big wide flares, you know, the belt, the big grew his hair long. Grew his hair long. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Always. So I met an older woman at a bar last night. She looked pretty good for a lady who must have been in her 60s. In fact, she wasn't all that bad at all. So I found myself thinking about she probably had a hot daughter also. So we drank a few beers and she asked me if I had ever had a sportsman's double. I said, what's that? She says, it's a mother and a daughter threesome. <laughs> As my mind began to embrace the idea, I wondered what her daughter might look like. And I said, no, I haven't. So we drank a little bit more and she said, well, tonight's going to be your lucky night. So we went back to her place and I was nervous with anticipation and she walked in and turned on the hall light and shouted upstairs. Hey mom, are you still awake? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Waters got that before you gave the punch. <laughs> she's like, she was the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, giving Dr. Waters credit for that one. You know what? It's just the anticipation of mom coming down the stairs on that glide chair on that, that staircase chair. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I got a sportsman's double waiting for me anytime I want it right here. I can watch the house anytime I want. And you know, your mother in law probably won't even remember. <laughs> yeah, but she brings her big jar of lube, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, no. The, uh, I, I, I really don't have, I can't even begin to top that at, at all. Um, one of the things that I, I, I really, I, we have kind of gotten some, some messages, I guess, for we'll, we'll talk about our podcast listeners. Um, and one of our guys, John Carden was nice enough that, um, he's literally trying to get into a scooter right now, um, and trying to get his wife into a scooter right now and, and putting a lot of effort into it. And one of the things is he asked us a, a few weeks ago, he asked us really about the Royal Alloy. That's 150cc scooter. It looks like a vintage Lambretta, right? It looks very much like a vintage Lambretta. And it's a modern automatic transmission scooter. It's made in China like a lot of them are. And unfortunately, it's kind of weird. It's, it's really wide. It's really tall. Anybody who's ever ridden one knows that if you're on the wrong side of five foot six, it's kind of a hard bike to ride. And it looks all so steel body though, right? Doesn't that have an all steel body? It does. It's it's got more steel in it than a modern Vespa. I mean, these things are very, very sorry. They're very well put together, right? Now, no, God damn it! Sorry, so, I was trying to set something up and it fucking okay. So his wife kind of wants one of these Royal Alloy one fifties, but. I'm going to tell you, we've let a lot of people ride them. We took it to a scooter rally in Buffalo, New York, and we made everybody ride it. And some of these ladies who have been riding actual real vintage Lambrettas, which are, you know, two stroke and four speed manual grip shifts, all steel heavy bikes. And some of these ladies who've been riding Vespas, which of course, you know, a Vespa P200 or a Vespa Rally 200 has got kind of a high seat. 
So if you're five foot four and you're trying to ride a Vespa P200 or a Vespa Rally 200, you really got to have your shit together. It's not real easy for people who aren't real tall. And the Royal Alloy 150, it's really tall. Like the seat's really tall and it's really chunky. So to get your feet down to the ground, it's really like riding a, a you know a bourbon barrel. So uh, it's really a tough bike to recommend if you're not over six, five foot six. And this was the funny thing. It came down to, we've had a couple of the Royal Alloys that have had some little electrical problems that we're still kind of hoping they sort that out. They're new. They're new for the American market. We want them to take care of that stuff. Maybe the wire's a little thinner than it needs to be. But they did bring up, and I'm going to say this for people just as a advisory. If you are considering getting a scooter, a modern scooter, not an old one to fix up. That's a whole different thing. Look at the Liberty 150 and look at the, the Buddy 170. It's fuel injected. If you look at those two bikes, I think you are literally looking at two of the best bikes that aren't a Vespa Primavera. So Vespa Primavera, Vespa Sprint, top of the game. But if you don't want to spend that $5,500, get down into that $3,000 range and look at the look at the Liberty 150 from Piaggio. Look at the Buddy 170 from Genuine. Those two bikes are unfriggin' killable. Like, like they're Is good. Primavera fuel injected? Yeah, all these bikes that I just listed, with the exception of the Royal Alloy, all these bikes are fuel injected. So the Buddy 125 is carbureted. The Buddy 170 is fuel injected. I didn't talk about the Buddy 125. I'm kind of surprised that the Royal Alloy isn't fuel injected. Us too. Absolutely. We were, we thought it was a foregone conclusion that a bike that had the good suspension that it has, the good overall build quality that it has, we really thought the bike would be fuel injected. We were surprised it was carbureted. So, and from where we live, it's really tough to live with a carbureted bike with winter time and stuff. So, but if you do want a rock solid, I mean a rock solid 150cc modern scooter that liberty 150 um and the the buddy 170i those two bikes are they get our seal of approval for being short on cash but a lot of fun and over 100 miles per gallon you go with those bikes you, you can't miss so that's, do, that's doesn't uh, benelli and or ssr one of the two make scooters so well ssr benelli does make a scooter uh they make a scooter that's called the black coffee the cafe nero right and so the cafe nero is a 150 cc scooter but i'm going to tell you that it is not cutting edge it is like a time machine that cafe nero uh that benelli is selling in the united states is basically the same as the 125 or 200 cc scooters that Kimco was selling about nine years ago. So, you know, our products that we've had from Benelli have been really, really good. But I think that to get a DOT and EPA approved bike into our market, they had to go with some older pre-approved technology. And I think that the Cafe Nero, I, I'm not going to say that there's anything about it that's bad, but I'm going to say it's just a little too Chinese and not enough Italian. And that's with that Cafe Nero. And it's almost a dead ringer for the older Kimco 125S and 200S and stuff like that that they went with for a little while. So, um, but yeah, so that that's a little bit of first. I, I thought it looked familiar somehow. It does kind of look familiar. It's a, It does look really familiar. If you look at a Kimco People 200S or a Kimco People 125S, and then you look at the Benelli Cafe Nero, 
they're almost, I mean, they're very similar. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not, it's not real cutting edge. Um, but something for the people who do want the scooter report, Piaggio is launching a 400 CC BV, a BV 400. Um, big news, big news for 2021. Anybody who liked the BV 350, which is pretty much everybody, or 500, um, is looking forward to 50 more CCs and everything better. Um, everything, just everything top shelf. Downside, $10,000. Ooh. Wow. $9,999. So for $99.99, it's a 400cc scooter. And I think that's a problem because it's a full $2,800 more than the BV350 that's available right now today. Right. And kicks all the ass. So if you're, you know, if you're going to ride sure guy looks like he had a stroke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's Bell Palsy going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but if you're, if you're concerned that scooters aren't that fun, I want yeah. to tell you guys this. This is, my new, Christ. this is my new hero in life. Okay. It's Billy coming at you from the fucking scooter squad. We're still over here for a nice brisk ride on this beautiful Saturday. Going to pick up the... Uh, newest member of the fucking scooter squad gonna go for a rip on the old the old hand out of there what's up with everybody with all these fucking Christmas lights don't they realize it's scoot weather don't make sense Christmas lights again it's scoot weather let's go brothers let's scoot <laughs> okay he wins we're gonna let him by he's he's a lot bigger than us so <laughs> <laughs> Someone messaged me the other day and was like, Don't you think it's a little bit cold to be scootering? So I fucking deleted and blocked him. I don't need that type of negativity in my life. Fucking scoot on. Scooter spot. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's my new hero in life, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Scooter squad. He's like That's a snowmobile guy. Was, yeah. I mean, the guy looked like he looked like he was on a Sim Simba. I when he looked when he scanned down briefly, I saw that the turn signal mounts on the handlebars looked a little bit like a Sim Simba. So if Steve wasn't asleep right now, he'd be all over that like white right. on I just can't get him. Right. I, I need to start saying Scooter Squad more often. Squad. <laughs> I'll join in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Scooter Squad. Squad. We need a wave. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we should just give each other the finger like <laughs> that works like as you go by you're like squad. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah i wouldn't i uh, that dude is completely having a blast you say and i love the ending though he's like i don't need that negativity in my life no, squad. I, <laughs> I like the way he was just like i blocked him <laughs> <laughs> So good, man. So, so good. this is for our for our older for our older listeners, uh, for our older listeners. Way back in the uh, in in the sixties, uh, there was a, a dude named Big Wilson in Cleveland, and Big Wilson was a disc jockey at WNBC in New York City. Um, he was just kind of you know he he was a, a celebrity, and he's from Rocky River. And he was uh, at KIW in Cleveland, KYW. And his big deal is that he ran a thing called Big Wilson's Scooter Safety Patrol. And not joking, 
I mean, this guy was six foot six and over 300 pounds. Like, this is a very, very big dude. And if you do the right Google searches, you can actually figure out, like, you can find pictures of him. And he did. Um, he, he was just... <laughs> He's just an oh, absolute COVID. It lives. It lives. What's the guy's name? Uh, Big Wilson. So it's Big Wilson, and uh, he he died in 1989, but he was on the radio here in Cleveland, and he ran the Big Wilson Scooter Safety Patrol. And, yeah, he, he literally got a lot of press by running this, you know, this scooter club. And he ran a scooter pl- a club in Cleveland. <laughs> And for a, for quite a while, and of course he had you know they would talk about it all the time on the radio show. So that was he was a local celebrity that was into scooters and promoting scooters. And I mean I love the fact that they called it like the Scooter Safety Squad, where you meanwhile you know what they did was they got together and went to bar to bar to bar to bar to bar. Right. right. I don't think there was any chance he was actually uh, out there endorsing the idea of you know safety. I think he was more along the idea of getting people to ride scooters from bar to bar to bar to bar to bar. So that's more than I think what was happening on. Maybe if we have people that listened to our podcast that were in the Cleveland area, they might remember that if they're one generation yeah. older than me. He was uh, born in 1924, died in 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, prior to moving to New York City, him and his wife lived in the riverfront home in Rocky River. Okay. He to KYWAM Radio Cleveland on a scooter where he was leading radio personality for many years. Yeah, I mean... He's the guy. Yeah, and what's funny is I've had a lot of old customers come into the shop and we'll talk about... And one guy came in and he had a, a Big Wilson badge. Like he had a badge that said Big Wilson Scooter Safety Squad. So he was like, yeah, he goes, yeah, we all, we all had our old Cushmans and our old Lambrettas and stuff like that. And we, that's what we did. We rocked out with that guy. And, and we I just drove all over Cleveland as a group. Well, I like how they said he commuted every day on his scooter. That's, yeah. So, that's I mean, we've got Terry Francona, our, our general manager our, yeah, of our Cleveland Indians. He does the same thing. So, yeah, yeah Tito Francona. So, uh, that's cool. So, I thought that'd be fun. We could throw that in there. Um, so, Steve, did you find any evidence at all of anything that says that there will be a live wire in 2021? No. No, I, I'm, I, again... I, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Like their own website shows 2021 of everything, but doesn't show a live wire 2021. I was I was watching a, a YouTube video of the the guy who owns the East Coast Motorcycle Museum um, in Connecticut. I think uh, he was doing this big tour, uh, going from Harley Davidson dealer to Harley, all sorts of motorcycle dealerships. I'll say all across the, like the southern United States. And he did a video where he was in a, a Harley dealership in Florida and they had a live wire there. Um, but I don't know if it was made of cardboard or paper mache or what. <laughs> I mean, there's no shortage of them out there. In fact, right now there are so many um, discounted ones. I mean, it's, it's, if you do want to buy a live wire, it's really a great time to buy a live wire because it, uh, there are many of them that are seven or eight thousand dollars off MSRP. Um, now you're not going to get a 2021. It's going to be a 2020, and it's probably going to be brand new with no miles on it and a full factory warranty. So it it has become pretty obvious by me looking at um, Cycle Trader and stuff like that 
there is no shortage of available cheap live wires. So um, if you were into if you were into the idea of getting one, God, man, there's really a good time to buy one. Uh, let that let that newness let the other people pay for that you know newness. But yeah, it's really crazy. So I don't want to be the guy that says like there won't be a live wire for 2021. But right now it's like shit. You'd think your 2021s would be out in showrooms right now because it is 2021. You know, um, you know, Energica 2021s are out. Zero 2021s are out. Everybody else's 2021s are out. So you know that's curious. So weird. <laughs> Yeah, and I, want to drive, I want to drive over to his house, sneak in there, and stick my finger in his mouth. That true. <laughs> but, but here's the weird part about this live wire thing: like, I can't. You can Google, you can do any kind of web search you want for any part of it, and there's right. no stories. Like, they paid to have this shit scrubbed. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying is that like they're doing very good internet management or reputation management. Yeah, because it's true. It's it's absolutely true. And they're, they're, it, it is a very interesting thing. Is Meanwhile, TotalMotorcycle.com and all these other websites that, that you know, pride themselves on being in touch with every brand and everything else, and they get all the donor bikes and loaner bikes and everything else that I don't get, what they're saying is they're just, they're straight up not, you know, they're, they're either saying, oh, well, there's no proof that it's being discontinued, but come on, man, you know, the, the street 750 is discontinued. The street rod is discontinued. The street fighters discontinued. The roadsters discontinued. The low riders discontinued. The breakout is discontinued. The, the 30th anniversary fat boy. That's not going to happen. You know what they need? They need a 300 CC bike. <laughs> yeah they're gonna have one next year it's gonna be a 350 john and it's gonna look like an awful lot like the benelli oh yeah that's right that's right. Yeah. that's right so they will have one um the softtail deluxe got canceled the softtail fxdr got canceled and the triglide got canceled those we know have all been canceled um, th those they've admitted to canceling. Triglide got canceled. I know. Triglide got canceled. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so that's a big deal, right? Uh, it is just very curious that in January, you know, on, on this release that they did in, on, you know, January 19th, they just didn't say, they specifically ignored the, the de definitive mention of the electric, you know, of the, of the, uh, live wire. So of the thing that they were so proud of, well, and I mean, we all understand, look, everybody knew that when Harley Davidson invested big in an electric motorcycle, we were just like, how the fuck can a company that's entire brand identity is on nostalgia, right? I mean, every time Harley tries to do anything that isn't nostalgic, they burn their fingers on it and run away, Buell, you know? And so, for them to do something as yes, as for them to do anything as as aggressive as an electric motorcycle platform, especially a thirty thousand dollar electric motorcycle platform, yeah, that was you know I, I think everybody was kind of like wow, holy shit. So and then you got to get Cletus to ride one, which means you got to have a way to put ape hangers on it and put forward controls on it, you know, and that's not like that doesn't go with the Harley Davidson lifestyle. Loud pipes. 
Yes, loud pipes. That's exactly it. We missed that opportunity. We could have taken advantage of that this whole time. So, yeah, so there's that. Oh. <laughs> so, does somebody want to call in a SWAT team for uh, Steve's house? Hold on, I go over there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've made loud noises. We we oh 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 oh. Did you did you oh. text him? I'm getting ready to. Oh wait, Steve must be doing something because he he kind of shook his head like a big old grizzly bear over there. Well, you can see his breathing. The the whole the camera is moving up and down with his breath. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exactly it. Yeah, he must have his cam- He must have his phone or his laptop or something sitting on his chest. <clears throat> that's really oh, that's a right. This sitting on. His- oh, you! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, hey, hey, hey! Oh hey, my goodness! Oh, oh, oh wow! <laughs> sitting on wow. his chest. Unfortunately, I don't know how that happened. But we just got demonetized. <laughs> Holy no, cow! No, no, oh. no! Wow, it's it's just crazy the way that person was able to break into our uh, Zoom call. Yeah, that was nuts. Well, when those people break into Zoom calls, it is awful. It's things that happen. Damn you, hackers! When they hijack, yeah. When they hijack a Zoom call, is that is that the remote for his lush vibrator? (laughs) The Bluetooth app. He's like, the Bluetooth remote for his lush vibrator. Yeah. Well, wait. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 you yeah, but you missed most of it. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> superimposed the penis in your mouth. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> the uh the that that was classic, by the way. Thank you. Well done. That was campfire grade shenanigans, and I'm happy to say that we can still do that on Zoom. On Zoom. <laughs> on Zoom. That's great, because that would have happened in real time. Right. At a campfire. So well done. Be on CNN. And I'm I very excited that. that you got that because that was my thinking. I'm like, if this happened around a fire, somebody would absolutely do- happened around a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me something more. So we all know that we were talking about the International Motorcycle Show, the show that we would be at right now. Right? So no kidding. Um, right now, according to my watch, we would be today or tomorrow. We would be at the IX Center, surrounded by tens of thousands of old men, and uh, we'd be standing around old motorcycles that we that we went around and systematically collected with trailers, and put up a twenty or thirty bike booth at the IX Center. We've been doing that for like seventeen or eighteen years, yeah. and. This weekend, we're not going to do that. This is going to be something that we have been doing for a very, very long time, and we're not doing it. I think the Moto Campo broke the motorcycle show. (laughs) I mean, literally, my daughter was, you know, Piper just turned 14. Yeah. The weekend she was born, the next day, she was born on a Friday or born on a Thursday, and I had to go haul bikes to the fucking show the yeah. like the next morning after staying up all night yeah yeah you did that was the day after piper was born literally you were doing the vjmc thing you know? and last year at the show nobody i mean we had there was an inkling something was going on but not really it was like conspiracy theory at that point yeah, I didn't think there was anything going on at all. I mean, I traveled a few weeks later to California. You know, we did all kinds of stuff and didn't think anything of it. You know, we had no idea that it was going to be shut down for a year, you know. So 
so there aren't as many motorcycle shows now. One big surprise, oh, yeah. and two, they're supposedly happening outdoors. Well, but so, on top of that, so just today to this announcement, what's the big one? And not Ensema, and what's the one in Europe? In in Eichma, Eichma, Eichma. Yeah, BMW and KTM and somebody else all pulled out of that, and people are joining suit. Man, so that's like, hard. I mean, like Eichma, <clears throat> Eichma is the monster European show. Oh, yeah. there, there's nothing bigger. You can't get a bigger show than Eichmann. If you're going to go to a show in Europe, go to fucking Eichmann. Yeah, yeah. You know? Did you see that Mid-Ohio uh, posted its dates? Christmas? No, July. July. So July. Christmas in July. No, no, I mean, Mid-Ohio normally runs in July. Yeah. yeah. Part of July, beginning or ending? Uh, like well, 20, I'd have to look it up, but if they just... They announced that they are having Mid-Ohio 2021. Historically, Mid-Ohio has been the, the second weekend in July. Or first. Or the first, because sometimes it actually does conflict with Fourth of July weekend. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's usually first or second weekend. It sounds like they might be moving it to the third. But, you know, this is that point. Everybody is figuring now that with a vaccine and everything's going to be ramped up and operational by July. Let's, let's hope that's the case, you know. So... Um, we were joking about it like we were, last year we were talking about like, well, do you think you could do mid Ohio and be COVID compliant? July 23rd through the 25th, 23rd through the 25th there are the dates for mid Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know that we're going ahead with the distinguished gentleman's ride because you're riding a fucking motorcycle. You're wearing a helmet. You know, we're going to make it happen. It's going to be there. You know, you know that last, that last Sunday in May, if you're uncomfortable with that, then don't attend by any means. Nobody's going to force you into a small group or a small environment. Everything is going to be big and spread out. Um, Chris brought out an excellent, excellent idea. Where did you say we should do the meetup? Uh, at the uh, east end of the I-480 bridge. It's called City View. It's an old uh, collapsing uh, strip uh, shopping plaza that is getting refurbished but it's got a huge parking lot that they resurfaced there's a uh, get-go gas station right there there's a starbucks there's a giant eagle for food and and liquor yeah there's a chipotle and you know it's it's huge and then there's across the street there's hills so if people want to go hill climbing you can <laughs> climb the hills and then uh Do a little urban off-roading yeah, yeah yeah so uh I mean, the place is, is is gigantic, and nobody would care. Yeah, there's. So, no, I mean, those businesses are all closed because they built that property on a, a waste dump, right? Yeah, landfill. So landfill. there's. Uh, so it's it's close to people coming up from the south, people on the east side. You know, it's a little bit more centrally located. It's basically I seventy seven and four eighty. It's definitely a really good congregation spot, and the and it's right by Canal Road and getting down into the. Uh, into the parks and all that kind of you stuff. You have 200 so. people there and it wouldn't matter, you know, at all. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Do you, anybody have an educator that they know of? Yeah. So, uh, so one day in the schoolroom, the teacher asked the class to use the word fascinate in a sentence. So, of course, Molly puts up her hand and says, my family went to my granddad's farm and we saw his pet sheep. I was fascinated. <laughs> teacher says, well, that was good, but... You use the word fascinated, not fascinate. So then Sally raised her hand and says, my family went to the Grand Canyon and it was fascinating. 
again, the teacher says, well, Sally, you didn't use the word fascinate. So little Johnny raises his hand, but the teacher being a little hesitant on account that she had been burned by little Johnny before, finally decided there's no way for him to damage the word fascinate, so she called on him. Little Johnny says, my Aunt Carolyn has a sweater with 10 buttons, but her tits are so big she, she can only fascinate. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly killed him. <laughs> Johnny is on point, I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I want Johnny in my class every single time. Uh, little Johnny. Little Johnny, man. The uh, uh, heads up, you guys. Uh, Moto Go. So our friends over at the Misfits podcast, um, you know, Liza and the Misfits, they've been doing all these film festivals. And so their latest film festival that they're doing, they're teaming up with Brian Schaffrin and the guys over at Skidmark Garage. They do that Moto Go program where they literally bring shop class to the kids, yep. you know, where they take CB350s, you know, our favorite bike for teaching somebody how to work on bikes. And they take that bike to them. To the kids and they also have like visible v8 motor models and stuff so like they're teaching children to do the shit that we used to do in what was actually called auto tech right, right. um i mean that's what i had when i was a kid growing up we we tore apart and rebuilt volkswagens and made dune buggies and we tore apart and rebuild teachers cars um for money right they and don't have vocational school anymore they killed it well we didn't have vocational school that was part of our wickliffe High school public education. Oh, really? We had auto shop. So we like had, I did to designate that we were scumbags. And then when you were designated as a scumbag, you got sent to vacation vocation. You had to go off site. Yeah. Yeah. You had a special bus. Yep. No, my high school, I mean, I went to a rural high school, so we had kids who were in Voag. Right. Vocational ag. So they would take half a day of school. The other half a day they'd go out on a farm and castrate pigs with their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I uh <laughs> crack an egg bet you can't <laughs> i ended up taking uh academics so i could go to college right but then in all my study halls i filled in with welding and power tech because i liked all that shit too yeah. Yeah. so and you could keep those goat testicles out of your mouth yeah. crack yeah the, <laughs> the bite and tuck method <laughs> man we didn't have any agricultural based classes at all no, but we were welding shit constantly. And it was very funny because all the teachers cars got worked on at our auto shop. Like, so at the high school auto shop, that was, you know, Mr. Croft who ran the thing, he would, he must've had a, a side hustle going like you wouldn't believe he'd be like, okay, well bring your friends in. Yeah. We're going to do valves on a, you know, a Chevy Chevette. And I was like, Oh, well, where are we going to get a Chevy Chevette? Oh, well, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Erickson's got one. It's coming in this afternoon. All right. <laughs> we'll take care of your cards. Two hundred dollars cash, payable to me. Right, exactly. And I got my girlfriend's mom was a guidance counselor. I ended up putting an exhaust on their Volvo, and <laughs> I did all kind of rebuilding garden tractors for other teachers. I like everything, and then they made me do like putting plugs on fucking. Uh, Overhead projectors and stuff. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And then they like were that. like, John, if you want that that seven credit hours of sexual education, you need to lick that. 
The <laughs> only reason I graduated high school is because I got A's in welding, power tech, and all my shop classes. <laughs> and that basically fucking carried me through that high carried school. carried me. That was the only way I got out of school was marching band and all of my tech classes. So <laughs> technical, I, I was, you know, I was the third, I, the third level of technical drawing, the highest level you could have of drafting and technical drawing. And then I also had the highest level of auto shop that you could have. And I was in marching band for four years. So the fuck with English, you know? yeah. the hell with math. I don't need algebra. Are you kidding me? You know, yeah. and, but that's really what did, that's the only way that I got out of high school. It was vocational programs. Yeah. So that was I, I uh, modified my euphonium during marching band so I could have fires in the bell to keep my hands warm. So I am Jesus definitely, <laughs> goof. and that's how we know what kind of high school you went to is you had a fucking euphonium. <laughs> If you marched to Euphonium, you went to a posh high school. No, I didn't. It was Nordonia. I was like, it was horrible. Okay. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that really fast. I played my Euphonium at Nordonia in the spring. Yes. It's a fucking public school that hates everyone. It's horrible. It's the most horrible it in the world. Dude. It's not good. Mm. There, was no, there was nothing posh about Nordonia. No, no, there's nothing posh about Nordonia. Yeah. No. no. But it does, it does get credit for being extraordinarily white. And, and Kevin Moore... Green Fuzz came from Nordonia and yep, several absolutely. other people that we know. So he was my classmate. Thank you very much. There you go. Oh, all right. Nick, where did you go to school? I went to Hoover High School in North Canton, which is very white. Yep. North Canton. <laughs> the uh Pan's like, I went to school with Jesus, so we're we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Central yeah, High School across Wisconsin. What, what year did you graduate, Dan? 1978. Wow. That's cool. Do you know how stoned he was? Can you imagine how fucking stoned he was on his yeah. graduation day? Yes, I can. Can you imagine how stoned somebody would be who graduated in 1978? Yes. Yes. Chris, when did you graduate? Who, me? Post war, right? I'm 74. You graduated in '74. Yeah, I'm still I'm still working. I thought I still got a a report I got to turn in. I thought he said he was 74 years old. I was like, holy shit, Chris is old, dude. It's true. Like, okay, look, we understand. In 1974, in Los Angeles and New York City, it would have been apeshit. But in in you know the Midwest, 1974 was barely getting rolling. Yeah. So by '78, that's when shit was unhinged. I can't tell you what 1974 was like, but I can tell you what 1989 was like. Yep. And uh, <laughs> welding class was all about strike an arc and pass the duchy on the left hand side. <laughs> the problem with 1989 was AIDS had been discovered. Yeah. yeah. No fucking fucky. Yeah. So by in 1987, they hadn't discovered AIDS yet. George Michael was still straight, according to anybody who cared. In, in um, it was just. It was goofy. I mean, it was crazy. And it was just, it was very 80s. It was very much like very strange, big hair and long sweaters. And, and no internet. So in 1989, I was a senior. And um, the first day of school, I got sent to the principal's office for something. And the ladies in the office were signing admit slips. And they, they were signing all of them. So there were like, like pamphlets of, of admit slips. So good night, pal. So I stole one and I, I had this whole pack of like a hundred admit slips. Right. So my whole senior year, I'd go to class first period, get marked in. Yep. 
and then I'd skip from second to ninth or eighth period and then come yep. back for ninth. So from yep. two, second to eighth, I'd miss. But I had those admit slips. Right. So first period, I was there. So official thing, you're there, I was there. Second period throughout, I would just hand this admit slip that was already pre-signed saying that I was legally you know, allowed to be gone. And so every teacher would sign it. You had to hand it to the next teacher. But since I made ninth period, eighth period teacher would give it back to me. Give it back. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just throw it out. So it got to the point where I was trying to graduate. And they were like, you, <laughs> Mr. Singe, you've missed 92 days of school this year. And I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, what are you talking about? And the first piece of the thing was like, no, he was here. He was in the thing. I was like, you must have some kind of an error. But yeah, I only I attended like 25 days of my senior year. <laughs> As a parent, by everything that's going on with me right now, but I'm just saying, I game the system very well back then. I can't even imagine going to school or graduating from school in 70, 74 and 78. Oh, before like, anything. When, when you just think about how ripe the world was for corruption, <laughs> because there was really, I mean, nobody had an answering machine. <laughs> If you weren't there to pick up the phone, that phone call didn't happen. Nope. <laughs> it's like, you're going to call my parents? They're both at work. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, you just knew that there was a certain place that everybody went on Friday night. And you went there, too. <laughs> I'm just shocked that anybody was. We had a smoking lounge in my high school. Like, we actually yeah, had. Same here. The middle part of the high school was like a little grassed-in area, a little square, and that was the seniors. Well, it was the smoking lounge. But then, when I was in school, it officially became the seniors' smoking lounge because only the seniors were allowed to smoke. Um, if you weren't a senior, you weren't allowed to smoke. Wow. Yeah. How's that, Nick? Where are you, son? Well, I, I'm, I'm just realizing that like the middle school that I went to was built in the 40s, and it, it was originally the high, North Canton High School. Yeah. And I'm realizing that it had a central courtyard area that was all had grass and stuff area. like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Our high school bathroom had ashtrays built into the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Uh, yeah. Johnny, come here. What's wrong? You are smoking... Marble Reds. Yes. Your mother says you only smoke lights. Please take these uh, cigarettes and throw those out immediately. I'm going to tell you, I have, I have actually seen teachers bum cigarettes off of students. Uh, <laughs> and that, that happened. That was real. There was no doubt about it. Uh, I went on um, Boy Scout bus trips in 73 and 74, and yeah. we were allowed to smoke on the bus. Wow. Perfect. So my my what my life kind of changed because of high school teenage smoking. So when I was in band and stuff, and I was like in I was in tenth grade, and I was a schmuck, and I was I was um, instead of having to go to lunch, if you were in band, you could go and practice your instrument, right? So I used to go and read comic books and practice my instrument in the little practice room, and then all the seniors and shit. There was a door like right over here, and they'd all go and sneak out the door and smoke, right? So I was just like an innocent 10th grader just sitting there doing my thing, whatever. And the teachers were coming. So all these kids started running in real quick and throwing their cigarettes out, right? And this girl that was like super attractive at the time or whatever put her hand up in the door. And when the kid like slammed the door shut to keep the teachers from seeing, it like popped the top of her finger off, right? Oh. 
So I'm in this room watching this and I'm like, holy fuck, you know, and this girl's squealing and everybody leaves. So I find her finger and I find her and I take them both to the office and I'm like, this popped off and here's her. And they're like, oh, thank you very much. Whatever. Right. So all the kids that were involved in this didn't want to get busted for smoking. So they all ratted me out and said that I slammed the door shut on this girl or whatever. And so she rolled with it and they did this whole thing. So my parents got sued for like $250,000 for me, like slamming this door on this girl. Right. And I had to prove that I was practicing and all this. I guess the lawsuit didn't go through, but she was saying that like, did it happen on school property? Oh no, it definitely did. But she was, then they can't sue you for closing her finger in a door. (laughs) Oh no, that wasn't, she sued for like ruining her modeling career. Okay. Okay. Right. You know, she was like a flag girl, you know, she was kind of hot back then, whatever. So time goes on and now Facebook's in place and it's like 25 years later. And I, I'm like, wow, I get this friend request and I'm like, the girl's name was Lucy something, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that's the girl that ruined, you know, got me in trouble yeah. and all stuff. I can just say that like the finger was not the problem that caused her to have a bad modeling career. No, no, no. I'm 227 pounds on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. She's 479 on a bad day now. And she lost two ounces and she spent a lot of time making up for it. Up thing. I paid for all that. My parents got fucked and everything, but yet in her fat ass pictures, she has all 10 fingers and they're all still fucking there, man. You saved her goddamn finger to begin with. Exactly. That's what I learned. You can't do good things for people. I carried a goddamn dislocated finger and a kid up to a fucking principal's office, and I got fucked for it, man. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, man. Fuck that. But whatever. She got her. She ate, like, the doctor that saved her at some point. <laughs> <laughs> So I want you to talk me out of buying a BSA Thunderbolt. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. Which year Thunderbolt? No, it doesn't fucking matter. It honestly doesn't matter. The How many Wetworth tools do you own? It comes with the original toolkit. No, no. That's the original toolkit. That's the one that goes under the seat of the bike. How many real Whitworth tools do you own? It's got to be like a Honda, though. If you have the toolkit, you can fix anything on the bike. Not even fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> so John, John, uh, Steve said he's not buying that BMW. What? That K bike? No, it's a, it's an it's an airhead. It's a seventy seven. Uh, uh, so R one hundred slash seven hundred. That red one. It was a really nice bike, but it was too similar to what he already had. Yeah. That, R, he, thought, that he thought it was an RS, and it's just a slash seven. No, it's a slash seven. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool bike. Well, if, if it's not good enough for Steve, how is it good enough for me? <laughs> uh, he made some excuse. He, he's waiting for some, saving himself for some other bike, and he's already got a um, a BMW. Yeah, the shame he's not here to defend himself. You know? <laughs> I'm saving myself for something with fuel injection. I think that's the smartest play. I, I would not be getting into a 35-year-old BMW <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you notice this, but I have a CB750 over there against the back wall. Exactly. Guys, I'm, I'm sensing hackers. Hold on. Wait, wait. I'm sensing hackers. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. We're being oh, hacked again. Oh, I'm oh, oh, Get in here. Think of the children. Oh, my God. All right. Hold on. I'm breaking through. Okay. I stopped him. Okay. Oh, is that penis looks so crummy. Like, it's like, 
It's good. When people, no, no, no YouTube this episode, eh? When, when people hijack these things, it's really unfair to the people who are trying to run a normal podcast. It's terrible. I can't believe they allow this to happen. I know, and, and you just don't expect. You just don't think that people are going to jump in and just put sausage all over us. It's yeah. probably the same people who bought all that game sh- the GameStop <laughs> stock. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those assholes. John it, it, it looks like somebody tried to short Steve's stock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like uh, it's, it's not great for Steve at this point. The outlook is not. Yeah, his his investment holdings are are not looking good right now. He might right. be getting dicked. The uh, but <laughs> it's so hard when he's right there. I mean. <laughs> I I mean I I just want to I just want to throw shit at him. <laughs> it's like it's like okay. <laughs> now I now that I learned that you can move the boxes around, I want to move Steve over so when you're throwing that, it's actually hitting him. <laughs> we could put yeah, we could put him in center square or put him yeah. above me. <laughs> he is in my my screen. He's above you. So whatever you me. throw up, I, gonna I, hit I gotta throw it right at him. Oh, that was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. John's trying to call him. Nothing's happening. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. You know what? He's fucking hibernating. So we <laughs> have to send a stripper to him someday. And by that, I mean, you know, not from like Christie's. <laughs> you know what? Him. Send a stripper to me. His breath still stinks from the two possums he ate for dinner. So <laughs> next Tuesday is my 50th birthday. I'm getting fucked. When? Next when? Tuesday. Next Tuesday? Yeah, oh, you're like two months before me. Mine's May or three months, so we're close. Yeah, I did nothing for my COVID birthday, like fucking nothing. It's done. You know, COVID. Can't even COVID. go to a strip club, can you? Uh, you sleep. Anybody get their know, COVID man. shot yet? My wife did. My wife got one half of her COVID stuff because she works at Case. Oh, okay. All right, we're good. Talking on him, Steve. Wake up, you. Put the picture up. Put the picture up. We're just oh, we're, put the picture up. These people yeah. have been hacking into our podcast. We keep we hacking. Hack, yeah. Hacker. yeah, we got a hacker keeps breaking oh, in I our saw, podcast. I saw a spider crawl into your mouth. Oh man! <laughs> people are hijacking our podcast. Oh no! Oh no! My God! <laughs> mm. It's like Nature Channel. It's that uh, albino anaconda. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's Lakewood. If you drop your keys, you better kick them into Cleveland before you bend over Try to pick, to pick them up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what yeah. happens on Steve's porch all the time. That's why they have those those uh, those shades. They can draw the shades so just random dicks don't fly into their porch. <laughs> just randomly. People put on their windshield washer fluid and just dicks come out. <laughs> it's just... It is Lakewood, man. It's just, I've been to parades in Lakewood and just dicks just bouncing off your face. It's crazy. Yeah. That was the dog parade. Grumpy <laughs> tour guy, say something. Hello? Nothing. This sleeping parade, though, is fucking dope. <laughs> Ground control to Major Steve. Steve's like a fucking sailor. I mean, honestly, he's awake for nine seconds and out again. I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. How is this camera moving? Somebody get over there and steal his kidney. He's breathing. It's moving up and down with his breath. I think his, I think his laptop's he's smiling. His wiener, and he's having a dream. <laughs> <laughs> he's just ignoring us. 
Did you say something? I can't even say it's keeping me awake because it's yeah. not. Right. Put the picture back up. Put the picture back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, hackers again. Oh, but, man. I hate it's it. too late. It's too late. Our podcast hijacked. <laughs> These Zoom calls are getting hijacked all the time now. And that's the thing is you can't like have a family oh, Zoom call anymore. It. Oh, that's got to be the Russians. I'm telling you, that's the Russians. That was definitely the Russians. That's not a Nigerian. Oh, that's a Russian. Yeah, that might be you. You know what? It's probably the Ukrainians. I'm it guessing. It look pale and cold. I'll give it that. That's definitely what it looked like. Well, you know, probably Jewish though. He's back. <laughs> that's, that's, he's asleep definitely that's definitely he said recently you have the worst job in the world i'm like i'm not a moil <laughs> <laughs> oh man the uh so now are we i mean there's honestly we were ta- we, we tried to start talking about motorcycle shows but there's nothing i mean i don't know if you guys know this but they just had the aim expo the aim expo like just happened last weekend. I don't know if you guys attended. Uh, you didn't? No. It's because it was all online and it was 100% online. It was all done. There was like seminars and stuff like that. And I did attend some of the seminars, but, you know, just like this, you know, I just logged in and they threw PowerPoints up on my laptop. Um, oh, God, I had a I had an online job interview and it was fucking hilarious. One fucking guy was sitting there with a goddamn... Uh, cap on and glasses fucking sleeping through the whole fucking (laughs) interview. (laughs) At least you got to do the interview and you weren't cut off. Cut off. (laughs) Oh, poor Steve. Oh, man. Yeah, that is terrible. That's awful. Oh, I know your hopes and dreams were hanging on that a little bit. <laughs> I will continue to make videos about pipe insulation for a long time. For a long, long, long time. The uh, yeah, let's I, be realistic. The chances are that I'm not going to last very long, so you never know. Oh no, I think quite the contrary. I I think you're set. I think I believe me. I think you're set. I well, think, there I there, there might be a job opening with the city of Cleveland if you want to try to get in on that. No way. In I'll give you a strong reference if you don't mind uh, a hostile work environment. Right. Well, I'm already there. I have that. Well, I mean, but think of all the benefits, though. I mean, you get like the benefit package for the city of Cleveland is amazing. You know, True. Yeah, that part of it's great. But the downside is you got to work with. Oh, you know, we had a we had a question through Moto Stories about the podcast asking whether or not people had to serve jail time or deal with all the, the fire department that came to Steve's house. So we can't actually ask him to answer the question on whether or not he had any other contact with. What do you have to say about that, Steve? What do you have to say about that? <laughs> Steve, I paid him off. It was no big deal. What? <laughs> i don't i don't i the the amazing thing was i was like okay well i, I really want to buy some property i need to buy some property so i was like well I, let's just buy that and then of course then that property's already tainted you know so it's like that property has a strike against it right. so you can't buy that property because the next time you do anything you're already on your second strike you don't even get a free pass with that property right you know you buy that property, the fire department already knows where the fuck it is. 
They'll be talking what did about Merritt that. Have to say, what did Merritt have to say about all that? Oh, we, you know, we took it, Merritt went out, we walked so many different properties, so many different things that we were kind of considering. And it was really funny because it was like, we kind of got out to that, out to Steve's place. And if, if he didn't have a buyer for the other one, right, it'd be really cool to just get them both and mush them together and have just a playground because the guy, the third property over, he has no interest in ever doing anything with that. So we would have like a 13 or 14 acre off-road park. In fact, the only reason he wants to keep that is so nothing ever happens with it. Exactly. So you buy, you know, you buy the three in a row, you get the two in a row, you get the third one for free, and it all butts up to Steve's job to, you know, to the to the treatment facility. And it's a really nice hill that goes down to the creek. It's really kind of badass. Yeah. And the guy that's next door does nothing but cut wood yeah. 24 hours a day. That dude makes more noise. He's got all the heavy equipment. He just he lives for molesting tree carcasses. That's all the dude fucking does. You have to admit, because I wasn't even there for the big fire. I was there yeah. for the medium fire. And he was biting his nails the whole time watching flames like kind of slowly kind of come yeah. toward his giant pile of wood. <laughs> He's like, hey, dude, if what? you this up, you're going to take down my whole fucking work. Oh, man. the But the more that I looked at that, I was like, well, yeah, if we can put those three, you know, well, don't, let us, don't let us keep you awake, Steve. <laughs> you get up early tomorrow and you're going to be splitting wood at work. I have a feeling that the boss friend relationship is going to merge a lot. <laughs> He's like, hey, John, instead of fucking dealing with the UV for the water, go fix the fucking wiring on the BMW in the top garage. <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to turn into a whole thing of side projects. It's all going to turn into it's like, okay. Well, today we absolutely have to do this work that we have to do. He was trying to explain this government work to me, and <laughs> I wasn't quite understanding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Anybody who's ever had a job where they had to work a shift where you're like, I could bring a motor in and rebuild a motor while I'm on the clock because I'm going to be in a small booth and nobody's going to know what I'm up to. Anybody who's ever, ever had one of those kinds of jobs will know that there are certain jobs where it's like, you know what you have to do and you have eight or 10 or 12 hours to do it. And the decision is like, do you do it on the front end and risk somebody coming in and realizing that you've done the work already, even though there's eight or 10 hours left in the shift, or do you save that work until the very, very tail end, but get risk getting caught working on your side projects on the front end. Do it uh, first. Yep. Exactly. Do it first. Yeah. <laughs> do all your job. No, do your job first. Yeah, do your Make job sure first. Everything's right? done. So do your job first. Get it out of the way. So you can be like, what are you complaining about? I did the thing you're paying me to do. Right. Don't don't be mad at me because you budgeted the time for this job incorrectly. Yeah. I worked for uh Euclid my first job and our saying was rake the rags, skim the grease, pump the lakewood, put it in the log. <laughs> Those are the four jobs you had to do and, for and twelve hours. Jobs got done. Yeah, everything else is fair game. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's a totally different thing. I I honestly think that the two of you guys working together is going to be magical. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing I talked to Kevin, like when I the first time I met Kevin Morin, Kevin had made the the connection that he'd also worked for Steve. 
So when Kevin had made the connection that he'd worked for Steve, he was like, oh, shit, yeah, he's a really, really good guy. He's, a, he's like the only boss I've ever worked for that I really honestly respected. And I was like, wow, that's... I don't know about that. <laughs> well, there's no chance of this happening. <laughs> well, I, I did say that because of Steve, I did go out to look at a barn. And I looked at a barn that was a party center and then was a bar. Now, what the hell is the deal with apparently they were delivering drinks in go-karts? Right, they had go. The waitresses would ride around go karts and drop off your drink. It's a it's a massive space. It sounds impossible, but I'm telling you, this barn is so jike fucking gundick. The, the the barn the 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 main part of the barn is a forty some foot ceiling, and it goes all the way up, and it's a giant dance floor. The downside was somebody had made it into a party center by leaving all the old barn wood on the outside and then just like putting plastic or Celotex or, you know, some kind of thing on the inside and all the moisture had accumulated and caused everything to become bad. Like everything, like all the wood on the barn is rotting out from the inside. That's you posted a, you posted your pictures, but you're yeah. like, you'd like to see what it looked like. Yeah. It wasn't even the same building. Like, no, it was terrible. It was so, so bad. And like John had said, you know, barns aren't built watertight like a submarine because they got to let air get in there so that everything doesn't catch on fire due to uh, combustion, you know? Spontaneous uh, combustion. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense that barns would have to be a little bit airy. But this thing was a fucking mess. Like there were 200 places where I could have put my fist through a big hole where four boards used to meet up. Um, but it had its own sewage plant, which I thought was interesting. So, like, it had its own sewage facility that, you know, took care of the poop. For $600 a month, we could take care of that for you. There you go. <laughs> the we, all of a sudden, it's we. Yeah. we. <laughs> but I thought it was funny when we were in New York riding minibikes at Steve's fucking, uh, you know, cabin, right? Yeah. We made it out when we all ran out of gas, but we made it to the fucking uh, brewery. Yeah, we got there. It took about thirty minutes or twenty minutes for us to mingle around until the owner of the brewery came to talk to Steve about his shit plant that was part of the brewery. And so Steve's <laughs> like, "Hey, did you get this going? Oh yeah, I added this and that. Thank you so much for your info." So right. this motherfucker's like ten hours away from home, and he's still fucking giving information to people on how to run their shit plants. It was the all problem. The problem with this barn is the shit plant. The wastewater treatment aspect of this barn was the best part of it by far. <laughs> and the cool thing was they had these old ceramic uh, tile silos. So they weren't just brick. They were these cool hollow ceramic tiles that went all the way up some like 45 feet. And these two silos were badass and the bathrooms were in the silos. So when you're dropping a deuce, you look straight up and it's like 50 feet straight up into the silo, they never bothered. I was like, when Steve said that the bathrooms were in the silos, I figured that on the ground floor, there'd be bathrooms in yeah, the right. silos. And then they'd be silos, you know, bathrooms on top of those. In Akron, there's the Quaker, uh, Quaker Square, right? Mm -hmm. And Quaker Square is like all of this thing that used to be the Quaker Oats Factory. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they took this Quaker Oats thing and they turned it into a shopping mall or shopping center when I was a child. And they turned all those vertical silos into 
uh, hotel. They became hotel rooms. Right. And pretty cool, all curved windows, and they're all hotel rooms. This, they didn't do the multi-layer thing. It was just the bottom level was where you shit, and then everything else was just vaporization all the way up. I bet it echoes in there. It was insane. The The noise moved around in those giant ceramic uh, silos. Uh, crazy. And I can only imagine, like, you could fly a model helicopter while you're dropping a deuce. And no problem. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you can do when you have 50 feet over your head. But, but from a, a building standpoint, like the idea of us moving into it and using it, I don't think there's a way on God's green earth that you could heat the thing. I just don't think there's a way you could heat it in its con- current configuration. I think the best advice for heating it would be to start four fires in all four corners and it'll get really warm. Viking and then, style. And then you'd you have to do Viking. Yeah, that's it. Because if you spent $200,000 fixing this building, you'd have a $200,000 building. So yeah, it wasn't really you'd where I was. Work, you'd have to use an amazing amount of expanded spray foam. Oh, to spray the entire inside of it. Yeah. You would need an actual 18 wheeler to show up. Full of juice spray foam. Part A, you'd have 18 wheeler one would be part A. <laughs> the other one would be part, part B. B. You'd they would mix better. and spray. <laughs> and you could stand on the floor of the barn with a fire hose and just shoot expanding foam over the entire inside. And it would just squirt out through the boards on the outside. Just shave that off and paint the fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. The uh but anyway, I it would have been fun. It was the location was good and everything else about it was really cool. Fun property. There's one I'm looking at now that is in Sheffield and it's a elementary school and it's 20,000 square feet, but it's got a gymnasium. It's a elementary school. It has 10 classrooms. It was built in 1960 or 1950 and it's got two soccer fields in the back. So I'm going to go look at that. Good. Now who's selling that? Because remember that property I looked at in, uh, wherever it was like the Church of the Latter-day the Saints. Oh, oh the, the bunker, the giant, the one we all met at. Right. One, there uh, is a church oh. in, there's a church in Lorraine on East or West 25th Street or East 25th Street in Lorraine. That's about a 10,000 square foot little square bunker. And that's all it is, is it's, it's just, a, they call it a church, but it's just clearly an industrial warehouse building that's being sold right now. The downside is it's in Lorraine. I mean, like, it's in an area where the building is not allowed to have any windows, you know? It's like a war zone, though. It I is. mean, like, it's parts really, of really awful. are literally a war zone. Yeah, so I'm, we're not, I'm not going to get into that. I mean, even the building is, the, there's nothing wrong with the building, but it's just, I, I don't need to be there and I don't need to have anything I own there. So, no, the one in Sheffield, my point was the one in Sheffield, mm-hmm. the building in, the building that I looked at was... Are, are uh, we still a podcast? Yeah, are we sure. podcasting? <laughs> no, I was saying that the people that, the people that sold the bill that were selling the building, the Latter-day Saints or the yeah. whatever, not the Latter-day Saints, uh, the Seventh-day Adventists. Okay. Were selling that because they had, they had bought a school in Sheffield. Oh, that okay. might be the same property. The one I looked at was listed currently on whatever the the commercial property website is. But anyway, uh, 
Interesting thing, though, we do know that Ducati recently had a strange event happened for them in their United States uh, operations. Oh. Uh, Ducati got served with a, a knock on the door, and apparently everybody got arrested. So uh, Ducati North America may have some openings. <laughs> it's like, I uh, don't know what's going to happen with this. I guess it was... Uh, Something along the lines of fraud. Uh, one of the people that I know in the industry told me it was warranty fraud. Uh, so mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on with that. I can tell you that when you're dealing with new vehicles, some people don't register the warranties right away so they can defraud the flooring companies uh, and keep money without having to pay it off until. Oh, they oh my God, that's horrible. That's extremely unethical. I would never. It's condone doing that it is incredible what's funny is we're the opposite we actually pay our shit off early so we're i'm so tight that i won't pay one day of interest so when my bikes get to the end of their 90 days or 120 days or whatever that's interest free i pay them off like lightning my my vendors get pissed off because they don't get any interest money from me. But there are other people that will literally sell a bike and continue paying interest on it so they don't have to pay the principal, right? So they'll continue to pay interest on the flooring for you know months and months and months after the bike has actually been sold. But meanwhile, the customer is driving around on a bike that hasn't had the warranty activated yet. That could be cool, other than that sometimes customers go into a dealership that didn't sell them the bike and say, hey, I got a warranty problem, and I type their VIN number into the computer. I'm like, well, your warranty hasn't been activated yet. When did you buy your bike? And they're like, oh, like six months ago. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you, but you're, you have a two-year warranty from, I guess, as soon as somebody activates your warranty. So in that case, if they, didn't, if they don't pay off the principal yeah. and they go out of business, yeah. do you still own the bike? That's an excellent question, and it's a big freaking problem because if that thing – that bike is supposed to be picked up because that bike is still being shown as unsold on the dealer's floor and the dealer sold the bike out and the bike is gone. And if the dealer really goes super duper out of business or he gets, you know, hit by a falling piece of frozen poo from Skylab or something and dies, then, then there might be a situation where a customer may in good faith be riding around on a bike and have the title for the bike but the guy never paid it off. And so if the guy didn't pay it off, I think what's going to happen is I think that the cr the creditor, like Wells Fargo, is going to have to sue the dealership to get that bike paid for because the customer operated in good faith. The customer has an MCO. that MCO got turned into a title, and they have a title in their name. Right. So I think the customer's totally in the clear on this one, but I think the dealership is, well, he's participated in criminal activity. You know, so. Because you don't buy title insurance on a vehicle. You know, like house. Like when you buy a property, you get title insurance so that if something like that had happened, even 10 owners in the past, I have been you're to, still made whole. So yeah, I have been to modern motorcycle and car dealerships where part of the sales process is they sell you gap insurance and they sell you title insurance and they sell you insurance insurance and they sell you, you know, Gremlin Bell insurance. And they, you know, they, that's a way they add things onto the sale of the bike. But you're right. When you buy a house or a, a property, you do buy title insurance. Yeah. So that's why, because you don't want to be on the receiving end of somebody else's skullduggery, you know? Right. So it's a, it's a thing, but yeah, be aware of that. <coughs> There's that. Well, so I don't know what's going to happen with, 
Dude, I have no idea what's going to happen with Ducati, but right now I'm pretty sure that our dealer in Akron, so Northern Ohio Ducati, that is no longer Northern Ohio Ducati, I'm sure sure they're pretty thrilled right now to not be holding the keys to that. Uh, That would be a shitty position to be in. So really hard to sell bikes when the people you buy the bikes from are under lock and key federally. So, well, speaking of not holding the keys to something, yeah, I was going to buy uh, R100 slash seven today, and for we the first time in my life, I walked away from a deal, <laughs> <laughs> and I came home with a, a trailer full of wood. <laughs> I noticed that I was like, okay, so I thought he was going to buy a motorcycle, but you came back with a, a trailer full of square flat objects, right? Yeah. And, uh, it was a really nice bike. The guy was super nice. It, but the wood was, it was nice. Just, when I, it, like I had an idea of what the bike was when I went there, and it was, there was nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's going to make somebody a, 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 it's an awesome bike. Right. But, like, for me, when I went through the whole thing, it was like, well, do I want a slash seven or do I want to really stick with a slash? Like, I have a slash six. I have an R seventy five and Dan's got an R ninety right. slash six, but I mean the sixes just have more personality and they do everything the seven will do, right? But only with more style. Okay, yeah. And then I st- so I'm like, well, I just should just buy another slash six, right? But then I thought I should just buy one of those new ST one twenty fives. Well, so as soon as I left his house, oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm never falling asleep again. <laughs> I don't believe that for one minute. Well, you'll see me asleep tomorrow, for sure. I, I, love the, I, I, I love the fact that there has now become a punishment involved with falling asleep on this podcast. <laughs> Chris Smith just got a whole lot more awake. What? <laughs> You get dick-faced. I got four ready for him, too, man. (laughs) He's putting toothpicks (laughs) under his eyelids. (laughs) Let's just say it involves a Janus. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, boy. uh, Yeah, so I think that that R100 was a beautiful bike. Don't get me wrong. I I think everything about it was totally fine. Um, And that is from that era when they were doing, like, the bike was red, but like the edges of it were kind of like fogged in a little bit, you know? So the paint jobs were kind of badass. But was that a 70, 77? 77? Yeah. The only BMW I've ever wanted was a toaster tank slash five. Yeah. yeah. That would, that's exciting for me, but mm. no. I'd still, I'd still love a Paris Dakar, like the original, like, uh, what is that? The R100 or the whatever the... Before I think the, the R100 GS. R80s yeah. too. Yeah. So the R80 GSs and stuff, they're beautiful. Yeah, Interestingly like, enough, he replaced that bike with a, ni- or a 2004 R1150 RT. Mm, okay. Which okay. I have one too. Right, so. that's fine. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was, I was like, oh, that's a great bike. You know, you're not, you're not, not going to have a problem with that, except don't lug it in six gear or you won't have a drive shaft left. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's And I mean, we, we've all kind of learned about those oil heads. You know, there's things like the sight glass, you know, sometimes the sight glass will pop out and so will all of your oil, you know, 
So if the sight glass pops out, you'll know because your, your foot will get really hot, really warm. Really quick. And usually it does pop out after you just like gun the shit out of it. So like if you gun the crap out of the bike, um, it's a decent idea to look down after you do it to make sure that you aren't just spraying oil all over your boot and your leg and shit. Um, I've had two of those sight glasses pop out. Um, so it, it clearly, it fucking happens. And then of course, what Steve's talking about is they all have a problem with the final drive. That's a known issue with the final drive, but there's also a problem with the drive shaft. And that is that there is a, uh, a cush drive, uh, basically a big rubber sausage that goes between the drive shaft and the output of the motorcycle. And it's bonded. It's literally bonded together to absorb the shock. And what happens is that comes loose, that that becomes no longer hooked up. And so you'll think that your clutch is shot. You'll think that something's going on. You'll let the clutch out and the motor will rev up, but the bike won't go anywhere. And the first couple of times it'll slip a little and you will be able to pull away, which is literally just that shaft spinning inside of that cush drive, that that big rubber block. And that that when that happens, it's the same exact repair to fix that. You have to go to all the same dark and ugly places mm -hmm. as you do to fix the final drive problem. So the idea is if you're going after the final drive problem at 40,000 to 60,000 miles or so, if you're going there, do the cush drive at the same time. And if you're going after the cush drive failure, do the final drive problem at the same time. So then at least you're hoping to buy yourself, you know, another 30 or 40,000 miles. That's what anything with the BMW guys, everything I've ever heard is like, if, if anything happens with the clutch or anything's you just mentioned and you have to split yeah. the bike, you do all those things. At yes, the absolutely. I've, I've had them leak out at the main seal. So at the back of the output shaft and the motor, I've had the main seal leak and then get oil all over the clutch face mm -hmm. so that the, the pressure plate gets oily and it won't grab. And guess what? When you do that job, you also do the final drive. You, you know, it, it it's so hilarious, but it's just like brushing without flossing. It's the weirdest thing, except we're talking about like a thirteen to $2,300 job. So it can make owning a 30,000 mile old BMW into a very expensive undertaking. Right. You know, and it is, it's, it's, and because I've owned four or five of them, but I've had to do that job and pay for that job on two of them. So that's cool. So that's good. We have a really late night edition. Look at this. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, my God. Well, we don't have video yet, but I heard the voice. I heard him cackle. I did cackle. I heard the, I heard the sound of Dustin Ooh. Elliott. My God, man. I don't know why you don't have video yet. There's a look for the mute. Look for the video mute button on your thing. Holy oh. fuck, it's the ghost of Dustin Elliott. It is. I, I mean, we can see we can see that he's identified as Dustin. Yes. That's right. That's fantastic. Hey, there we go. Hey. Oh, that beard. Oh, my God. Look at that beard. Uh -huh. uh, another beard Oh, oh yeah. You yeah. made it. You made it, buddy. I did. Chris oh, Smith's been texting me for like the past hour and a half or two hours. Fantastic. <laughs> Get your, your ass on the podcast. <laughs> well, well, I got my ass here and the rest of me. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> you guys on that note, drive fast and take chances. You guys remember we used to do the podcast in Dustin's basement. That's how the whole thing got started was in his studio. And uh, when he was living over in the 45s, which is, you know, our, uh, our very high end neighborhood here in Avon Lake. That's the that's where the wealthy live. 
The oh yeah, right. It's the very upper crust of the lower crust. The uh, but what's funny now is Dustin has moved to the other part of Avon Lake, and so between Dustin's house and my house, we have a forest. So there's actually a forest, a woods between our houses. And so I walk in the woods all the time. And apparently Dustin walks in the woods all the times too. And a little while ago, we were both walking on like a perfect, beautiful, you know, winter day. And I'm and I'm looking down the path and I'm like, I think that's Dustin. <laughs> and it was cold as fuck. I mean, it's like, we're all bundled up, but I was like, Holy shit. I, and I just, I didn't even think that with your new house that you literally live on the other side of the woods for me. <laughs> Quick question. Yeah, right. Were you coming up behind him or? <laughs> no, it was like face to face. It was kind of like a square oh, okay. off. Like, you know what? We had a lot of time to think about it. We really did. Like we saw each other approaching each other and I'm sure there was this math going on. Like, I think that's Dustin. And you just kind of, <laughs> you just like build that case. Like it is Dustin. That was really cool. Yeah. Is I. Everyone else I've run into that in, the, in that woods has just wanted to give me candy. That's it. <laughs> You're lucky you have woods because Bucky hasn't turned it into cardboard houses yet. <laughs> no, you know what? The story about those woods is it was supposed to be a neighborhood. Uh-huh. And I, I haven't dug up the reason why it never was. But if you look along some of those paths, there's still sidewalks. Yep. It's like, Trees grow zoo. You'll see a, a sidewalk, yep. you know, concrete slab just poking up around a tree. I guess is a family. Avondale? Is that like, is that Avondale? No, it's like uh, Armor. Yeah. It's right at oh, the end oh. of my street. Yeah. And it's yeah, literally Avon. the family bought the property and they bought all that property and specifically worked with the uh, Lorain County Metro Parks to make sure that it was ne- it would never be developed. So we have a forest in the middle of our town. Well, that's nice. It's cool. The deer love it. We have billions of deer. Oh, and turkeys. Yeah, that's so weird. Like full-size, legit Tennessee-sized turkeys. Yeah. So cool, man. So, Dustin, <laughs> what are you up to these days? Uh, working a lot. <laughs> that's about it. So tell the guys about the job that you've happened yourself into now that you're no longer putting parts in boxes for KTM. Yeah, right. Well, I did about... Well, it's over two years ago now. Right. Yeah, um, I started with a uh, company as a contractor for AT and T, uh, doing line work, and have progressed over the past two years. I'm officially a journeyman lineman now. Oh, nice! Um, and you know, I go out and I set a lot of telephone poles, run a lot of fiber. Um, you know, do a lot of emergency jobs. I'm on call 24 hours a day sometimes. Uh, like this Sunday, I'm on call all 24 hours a day of Sunday. Um, and those are the full-size, 100% full-scale Tonka trucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got my CDL. I drive the big bucket trucks. Yeah. Um, the pole digger that we use, big auger. It's a digger derrick. It's got a giant auger on it and then a big crane to grab the pole and set it in the ground. I'm going to be the journalist that goes for the gut punch question. Yep. How's your sobriety doing? Oh, I've gone on almost three years. Cool, nice. man. Glad hey, to hear yeah. That. Good job. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, well, it'll be three years in May, so I, I yeah. still got like four months to go here. That's fantastic. I, th- I think I'll make it. I think you will. I, th- You know what? With your guys' help. Don't, do not, please. <laughs> <laughs> Here's to your sobriety. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta scroll so I can see everyone here. Hey, there's Michael Fresh. 
It would literally be one AMA vintage days that could fuck that all up. <laughs> well, no, I was, uh, what about three months sober went to AMA vintage days. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Johnny Mac and, uh, Johnny Chrome and everyone, they had my back. They're like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's one of those things is like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even begin to start to understand. Uh, I got my alcohol problem out of the way when I was still like 19 years old. <laughs> that was when the army told me that I was very bad at drinking and I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a tough time. And with the way coronavirus has been, oh yeah, uh, with the coronavirus taking away all the bars, taking away all the things to go drink. It's amazing how very little drinking I do now that we're not allowed to have the podcast in person. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah. uh, Ohio's gone up 19% in uh, alcohol sales. In alcohol sales? <laughs> yep. Even though the bars are closed. Over in the last year, it's gone up 19%. Giant Eagle has got to be loving that. I'm, I'm good for 4% of that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it, this is... I'm good for less than 0.5%. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they pr- print on uh, non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> You'd have to drink so many of those. I've, I've done the math and determined that it's absolutely impossible yeah. to even... Like people are like, who aren't you worried? That has a little bit of alcohol in it. I'm like, okay, you know, do the math. A Budweiser, six percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so you'd have to drink twelve NA beers, right? One beer, in, in rapid enough succession that you would drink one Budweiser, right. but you would have twelve times the volume of fluid in your system. Right. Your bladder holds like eighteen, twenty-two ounces top. Right. Right. Yeah. Is yeah, alcohol liquor like twenty proof. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. So um, we did tell we did talk about Dustin. We talked about that we are going to do a distinguished gentleman's ride this year. And I so, know. I'm excited. So excited about that. And what are you riding right now? Do you still have a bike? What bikes are you riding? Yeah, so so ride by DRZ. Nice. Yep. So. <laughs> Changing it up this season, I don't know. I'll have to come talk to Phil. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff roaming around right now. So we have I so know. many bikes just floating around the shop at the moment. And the uh but yeah, for the distinguished gentleman's ride, I'm so excited about having a thing on the schedule. Having anything on the schedule is one thing, but to not have to wait until the end of freaking, you know, September or October to do the DGR. So I was so happy to move it to May because it's a much better month. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm so happy. I think it's going to be great. I really do love it. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Really. And then, uh, I, honestly, if, if we are going to talk about Mid-Ohio being even potentially a thing, if Mid-Ohio is going to happen and Mid-Ohio is going to be at the end of July, let's everybody behave and see if we can make sure that happens. Because I remember... Back in June, we were saying if we all behave, we could save Halloween, and that didn't happen. We didn't save Halloween. So, yeah. yeah. So I'd really love it. I'd love it if there's a mid-Ohio. That would just be so cool. Oh, I really miss uh, seeing all the the old white men uh, roaming around in all the mud. and <laughs> I, You know, I didn't realize how much that meant to me. <laughs> <laughs> Once a week, once a week, we will let an old white man into my shop 
um, just to browse, just so we can be reminded of the before times. <laughs> and it's not Chris Smith. No, it's not Chris Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've left your anus at his shop, so you're you're he's already stuck with you forever. He's, he can come and visit his anus, so right. that's fine. Oh. Yeah, that's there's nothing wrong with that. The uh, it's, it's totally cool. The I just sucked for 2020 because I finally got vacation time. I was all like, "Yes, I'm saving it all for Mid Ohio," and uh, nope, there's no Mid Ohio. <laughs> I hope you can carry that vacation over. No, I had to use it, but now I have twice as much vacation time because I got my second year, so even better. That does, that does suck for people who got to spend down their vacation this year. If you got to spend down your vacation this year, this is the worst year to have to spend down vacation. I yeah, just I, got three weeks. I just got three weeks, and I was going to carry over a week. Mm-hmm. Then this new job fucked me. Lost all your vacation because you went to work for Steve. Yeah, I heard your boss is a dick, though, man. That's the problem. Oh, don't even get me started. Here's a real shit shoveler. <laughs> oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I have John to do it. <laughs> oh, that's great! You, it's cool when you can hire in somebody else to do the grunt work. That's great. I'm too old for this. <laughs> I'm gonna age discrimination. Starting a new career in the waste management services. Let's call Rand and see what he has to say about this. <laughs> I don't think I can handle it. I just don't think I can do it. I can't take it. I just I swear to God, I just can't take it. Yeah. If you don't know, Rand is a gentleman from from the left coast. Yeah. Who, uh, we he used to he called in, he was one of our Patreons. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was blowing up the Patreon phone yeah. at 4 a.m. after drinking Straub, Strobe. <laughs> and, and the problem uh, is, because he's in Oregon, so because he's in freaking Oregon, anytime he calls us, it's like four hours later here. So, oh, yeah. so by the time he gets a good head of liquor, you know, at midnight or one o'clock, that's when I'm going to bed at four or five o'clock, you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to fall asleep. I got like four hours until I wake up and my phone is blowing up and it's all just messages from Rand, but Rand will do like Rand is on point. He stays on topic and he will lay out like 36 text messages in a row when he's loaded. And so we used to have this thing called drunk dialing and now it has literally turned into Rand. So it's just, (laughs) it's Boom, 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 boom. It's just like, and direct very fast, rapid fire. And I will sometimes play along and be like, yeah, and I'll, you know, I'll respond. But then I realize, oh, crap, I've, I've actually now entered in a dialogue. But one of us has to punch out right now because I need to go to sleep. And <laughs> just got him wound up. So he's just right at the point of being into it. So kind of like Chris Smith trying to get me on this podcast. Hey, uh, hey, it worked. It worked, baby. It did. Did you? We're happy to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you guys too. Dustin, have you watched Shane's video? Think for yourself, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have not watched that yet. I keep meeting. So another, so one of our OG guys, obviously Shane Post. Shane Post is in a movie uh, called Melvin and the Microphone. 
Yeah. And uh, it's an award-winning movie. It's an award-winning winning independent film. And it is on YouTube now. So for any of you guys who are podcast listeners and remember Shane, Shane is in the movie and you get to see Shane in his, uh, let's just call it metal music triumph. That is yeah. the microphone. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, being a metal musician and a magic microphone. So you, you got to check it out. Go on the YouTube and watch that video. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, and this is something I had no idea Shane was involved in this. So when I found out about it, I was like, what do you mean you were in a movie? Like you're a mechanic. Oh, you didn't know about that? What's that? You didn't know about it at all? I didn't know about it when it was happening. Oh, wow. I didn't find out about it until it was over, until it was all done, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. So, you know, I just, when I see Shane, I see a guy who works at, you know, works on cars all the time and then has a family of at least 19 women. <laughs> all women. All women. Even the dog. Yes. That's like, there's one dick in his entire house. Well, two, him and Mario, the cat. The one okay, cat. Okay, I yeah. forget. <laughs> so that's it. And and again, so the fact that he was in that movie is just awesome. It's so cool. Yeah, really neat. Yeah, it did really well. That's another uh, it's a high school buddy of Shane's, Chris Youngless, who moved out to L.A. years ago, who works for Blur. His boss directed the first Deadpool movie. Oh, geez. And did all the special effects for it. So oh. Chris worked on some of that. Mm-hmm. And then he got a chance to do his own film that he wrote and directed and everything. And um, our friend Robin O'Rourke is the devil in it, too. It's true. That's absolutely right. Yeah, you've met Robin. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's really cool. So you guys got to check it out. It's a lot of fun. And Great. it's fun anytime you can see a stupid, crazy movie like this one. But then also to know the people that are involved in it is really great. That's, that's cool. You know, we don't... We don't produce anything of that high quality. Steve's over here trying to get me to stay on target with Stefan to do a stupid, you know, our version of entertainment. But uh, <laughs> I just watched the one today. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> Was it the Mods versus Rockers one? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, uh, believe me, Steve and Fernando are fucking geniuses because we are not easy to work with. <laughs> I had to cut a little bit of stuff out when he was I I didn't know stuff was going to consume most of his inventory before we arrived to shoot which was interesting yeah I was going to say he seemed a little bit uh, loaded yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, loaded. we got there we're setting up he's like do you want a drink I'm like I have a lot of things to set up but I think you've had a you're okay you're good he Look. was the problem with that is, of course, you're at Porco. And so you're at Porco, so the walls are literally covered in booze. Yeah. And you guys had th- 9,000 cables to hook up. Yeah. Like, and the amount of rigging that you guys had to do and the amount of setup that you guys had to do, uh, yeah, it would be a bad idea to do the drinking first and the shooting later. Yeah. Just a bad idea. Well, Instead, we shot everything, and then we started drinking weird shit. Yeah, but he... Well, yeah. But he 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 started for us before yeah, we he did. Yeah. He so, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. He hold it down. So but yeah, super, super funny shooting at the at the at the Porco. So, so hey, you guys had me look something up before. Yeah. And I think Dan, are you ready to talk about something? Because this is that, uh, the XZ five fifty. I'm gonna go pee. I'll be back. Oh yeah. Dan Dan had brought this guy up before. Yeah, yeah. I saw one for sale for like twenty two hundred bucks. 
Now it's disappeared. I, the the auction wasn't supposed to be over yet. Okay. Not sure what happened. So what? Is it, were you into it or what? Like this is kind of a cool looking bike. What is it? Yeah, and it was it was one that actually has a fairing on it that. Um, I thought it, you know looked it looks a little better. I think with the fairing on it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting though that it's a V twin. I didn't even know this existed with the V twin. Scroll back down. What are those shoes over on the right? Right there. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's bang good. You want to stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, what is interesting about it is, you know, it's a, it's a V-twin, right? Yeah. But it's a four-valve four V-twin, and it has double uh, exhaust uh, valves. So it has multiple headers. Uh, 550 cc's with a whopping 65 horsepowers. So it's shaft drive. Yeah, shaft drive. Uh, there's a lot going on in this bike, man. There's a whole lot going on in this bike. And they're um, they're kind of cool. They're weird looking. You know, they have that Seika look gas tank. Yeah. But that V twin is just so weird. Uh, motors part of the frame. <coughs> it's a weird bike. Yeah. Is that that's chain drive, isn't it? Shaft. Yeah. Isn't it? Shaft. Yeah. Shaft. shaft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some yeah. of those I thought were actually chain drive, and they were pretty good for cafe conversions because you really wouldn't want to do this so that was the nine so the yamaha xv the the yamaha 920 is a bike that people love to take apart and make uh cafe bikes out because <coughs> it's just a big torque big torque v-twin but this is this weird little 550 v-twin oh yeah it's a, i mean it's so that's not an xv 920 that's an xv 550 right yeah yeah and it's a weird bike, man. That's just like that's a crazy weird bike. I would not want to order anything for it. I yeah, I was kind of I started looking at um, you know the parts places to see what is and isn't available. Yeah, um, and I saw another one for like six hundred bucks, but it says the the gas tank is trashed. Right, the inside. I would just I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to suggest that that bike probably has special bulbs like. Everything in that thing is going to be fucking weird because bikes from the mid, the early eighties, um, electricity was weird for them. They, you know, electrical problems in an early eighties bike can really fuck you over. And, uh, then you get into, at least on that bike, it has factory Mikunis. So it runs an actual, a Mikuni carb, not a replica of a Mikuni or a CV copy of a Mikuni, but it does run a, I believe it does run a, a vacuum based carb on that machine. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a weird bike. It's going to be a hard bike to own if anything's not perfect. You know what was kind of interesting? Let me see if I can zoom in on this. Yeah. Bring this up. The happy motor, though. I mean, I was looking at the numbers on the motor, and it's a real like they designed it to rev and designed it to make out make good horsepower. So, yeah, not, I wonder why they only made it for two years. Square I don't know. Headlight. Let me know if you guys notice anything interesting about the bottom of the forks. Check this out. Probably has all the. Oh, look at that. Ain't that funny? That's weird, right? That's got a little bit of a trailing axle. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah. sneaky that is yeah. a sneaky way to change the way the bike handles. And that that's an 83, I think, yeah. because it's got the dual discs. Yeah, it does. But that's I've yep. never seen that on a motorcycle. I, well any other it, bike. Yeah, it changes the way the bike turns in. So it's a way to give the bike a steeper steering head angle and make the bike handle quicker even though you've got things in the way like that radiator. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Whereas most bikes would traditionally, you'd flip those around and you'd see the front axle in front of right. the base of the forks. Um, that is very unusual to see that slightly behind them like that. Yeah. Like, it's got like faux ABS too. Oh, yeah. Does it? Big, yeah, with the big uh, holes in it to see. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean, look, you're going to get points for being a weird bike because I can tell you I've, I've never seen one in my life. I've never seen one out in the world. Huh. I've seen all of its stable mates. I've seen all of the Seikas and, and everything else. Right. But I've never seen that particular bike out in the wild and been aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a weird bike, man. And the frame, too. When you look at the frame on the motor... It comes yeah. down into the middle of the motor. Yeah, the frame carries through the middle of the motor. It doesn't go yeah. under the motor. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Just in case anybody wants to see it. Like, check yeah, out the, the frame rails. It's really kind of yeah, The frame rails go through the middle of the motor. Yeah. Yep. And the motor hangs down below it. Yeah. So, Steve, is there a picture of the, the 82 with the fairing? I don't know. We can say, hold on. With yeah, that's a weird bike. Yeah. Well, and it's not the only vision that Yamaha made. I mean, there were there were other visions. That one is particular. Yeah, there that you one? go. No, that, that's, not, that's not it. There were several revisions of the vision. Right, uh, that's the right here. Yeah, that's closer. There's a silver one. Go down the silver a, one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like the one I was looking at. It definitely looks better with the fairing on it. Yeah, that's a good looking. The fairing bike. on it saves that bike. Without the fairing on it, not so great. <laughs> the fairing, it almost looks like it belongs in some sort of '80s Stallone movie or something. It does. It looks like, like he's gonna be a Bond bike. Yep. A Bond yeah, like he's gonna jump a semi truck shooting yeah. a grenade launcher or something <laughs> on it. Yeah, you're right. Like Delta Force or some yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Mega Force. Yeah. yeah, that definitely has the look of a, a Cobra. Cobra, yeah. It kind of hides the radiator. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? If you stuck a fucking cylinder right here, you could tell that it was a BMW as well, though. From the well, 80s. they definitely didn't really originate their fairing design. Like, that fairing design is not trying to be that cutting edge. No. Of course, they did manage to keep that stupid fucking square headlight in there, um, yeah. even though they put that really cool, sexy fairing on it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, just a weird bike. So weird. I like the tank, though. The tank is pretty sick. I like the tank, too. I think the tank, well, as long as there's the fairing on it, the tank looks good. If you take the fairing off, the tank starts to look like the common, the curves and the squares had a fight. And nobody nobody could win. This is called keep a stiff upper lip. That is called <laughs> cheap, cheap, cheap. We could put well, an expensive piece of glass of, I mean, on there. That whole, that whole styling looks like the original Katana. Yeah. Oh, no, there's definitely some, that, that definitely the hinting of the Katana there. I like the vents on the fairing to allow the ambient heat from the liquid-cooled motor hey, to keep your knees warm. Right. But, yeah. Oh, of course, 85-mile-an-hour speedometer because, you know, the yeah. 80. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Single. So that's the single-disc brake. But it still has that fucked up thing. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not so much fucked up. It's mostly just a, a way to make that bike turn in real quick. Right, but it's yeah. still, it's like, it seems it like it's weird. It bothers your eyes. Something. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah, you don't see it a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's cool. You know, there, there's nothing there's nothing about that bike that doesn't scream movie prop. I think, right. I totally agree. Yep. I'm surprised it doesn't have a neon orange stripe on it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you could park that next to a CX650 Turbo, and they'd have a lot to talk about. 
You know what's kind of interesting though? <laughs> I just got a picture of the the swing arm, and even though it's shaft drive, yeah, it has like a uh, what do you call the swing arms that are like multiple pieces like this? Like it looks like an. You mean it may have some sort of a uh, uh, um, allows for some movement in the swing arm, so as oh, to not get shaft jacking. This is interesting. Like, look, I didn't see it straight it has, on. Look well, that's it. all boring on that side. But see this up here? It has like a. That's a mono shock setup. It's a mono shock. Yeah. yeah, that's a mono shock. Okay, yeah. so but it, I just didn't yeah. expect that though. You know, like usually. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the '80s. They were mono shocking every damn thing. Yeah. Do you know what's cheaper than two shocks? One. You got it. That's yeah. it. That was interesting. I, I, yeah, that's cool. Weird bike, man. Yeah, fucking totally weird machine. Yeah, that I saw that and started researching it, and I went down like three or four other rabbit holes, and just it was. By the time I went back and looked for the bike, it was gone. If you buy that bike, you have to get a set of nineteen eighties one piece German leathers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like square circles. Yes, all, all down the sleeves and everything. And like one, a silver set of leathers with one blue diagonal stripe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you need for that bike. Yeah, oh, yeah, yep. That's the right way to show up at the bar on that thing, and some very tall silver boots. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and that would be proper. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a weird, ugly bike, but it's, it's got something going for it. I, I still, you were talking about, can you name the most beautiful bike ever with a square headlight? And I was thinking I couldn't do it. I am having trouble. I cannot come up with a a, a good looking motorcycle that had a square headlight, especially on the. You named the best looking one was the CX six fifty turbo. Yeah, I mean literally, and that's a good looking bike. Even, did even. that bike have a? Did that bike have a square headlight or did it have an actual rifle fairing that had a lens, like a, a real aerodynamic lens on it? Okay, look at it. Look at the Honda VT500E. Yeah. Yeah, pull that up. Mm. I think John and I have been through our share of VT500s. I don't think anybody should ever have to do as many VT500s as we've done. As we've done. Yep. You got it. Mm-hmm. It's it might as well be a Yamaha Seika. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that Yamaha and this bike were drinking out of the same bowl. It's kind of sexy in a weird space age kind of way. Yeah, yeah. I don't care for that particular shape of gas tank where it's like at yeah. a very steep upward sloping angle. Yeah, the yeah. ascot looked way better. Okay, how about the uh, the Moto Guzzi V65 TT 1985? Yep, same same generation, same disease. Yep, that dude. That's the T. That's the Dakar. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, yeah. Okay, there you go. There's the Baja. Yeah, yeah. The Baja had a very long wheelbase, like an unusually long wheelbase. It looks like the image is stretched. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. different from what I was looking at. Yeah. Um, if you go scroll down, you'll see a the street version that has the smaller front wheel. I think so I, that's I, the I, headlight on the CX six fifty turbo. What about it? Oh yeah, there it is. So, yeah, that is sexy. See, that's so there. The six fifty turbo does not have a square headlight. Where? When I say square headlight, I mean actually has a car headlight. Oh, John. on a motorcycle. 
John, put that back up. I didn't see it. What a, car, a car square headlight. Because uh, hold on. It's just one of the ultimate sins. You take a perfectly good motorcycle and put a freaking car headlight on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean... I mean, it's square, but it's it's lensed. It's, so, it's got I a mean, lens on it. It's yeah. got a bulb, replaceable bulb in it and everything else. When I talk about a square headlight, I mean you could go take it out of your 78 Lincoln <laughs> put it into your motorcycle, you know? Especially the small ones. The small square headlights were the worst. It, it, no, because if you look at the Suzuki GS, the Suzuki GS 1100 or GS 850, there were years where the headlight had its own house. <coughs> Like they had a car, a big giant square car headlight, and it lived in a box. Oh, yeah. No, it's the 83, I think, is where they came into play. Because I have an 80 and an 82, and they're both cool, but the 83 is when I went to square. Hold on. Let me see if I can find one here. Uh oh, Phil's dead. He's gone. Who's lose Phil? <laughs> the 82 GS 1100E had a round headlight. I think 80. Three or maybe no, it was the other way. It was eighty-one had the, the square headlight. Correct. No, 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 dude, eighty-three. Eighty-three yeah. was the first year of the that square, square headlight on those big GSs was just, and it wasn't little. It was fucking huge. Well, even like this eighty-three here, which is not the one that I was thinking of. Hold on, let me get yeah. thing up here. I was thinking of more traditional one, but this even this one is fucking weird looking when you look at it. Like they shouldn't have had that. That shouldn't right. have- exactly. Uh, like yeah. this is this is just. And and the original, the original, um, you know, katana, you know, year one, katana is guilty of it too. At least the katana had the like the weird aerodynamic underbite, right? Where the the fairing went under the headlight, but it was very, it's very weird looking. You have something aerodynamic, and then you have this giant fucking headlight sticking up, creating an air dam like a big wall. And the rest of the motorcycle is aerodynamic, but you got an eight-inch tall headlight that's just square and flat. But even worse than that, and I can't find one right now. But around the same time, they, you know, they took like like my one of my <laughs> eighty or eighty-two, <laughs> but they added the square headlight. And they added this like tiny little surround or like just enough plastic to hold the car headlight in place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's terrible. And, and Honda did that. Honda had the headlight off center. They had a square headlight, but then they had a horn right next to it off center. Yeah. So they were like, oh, this is going to be cool. You know, we're going to have a headlight here and the horn yeah. will be like next to it and lower. So I just my CB1, the first thing that guy did was took that fucking fairing off with the square headlight. Yes. Yeah, there this you go. Was the fuck with the worst. Look at that. I'm Look going here. to tell you the only thing, I mean, that is just so painfully huge. Yeah. When you see one in, in captivity, it's the largest square headlight I've ever seen. It's straight like from a Peterbilt. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, a it's not even a car headlight. It's a giant sealed beam. But and the, they weigh like nine pounds. So the thing is weird to me though, is that like, so both of my bikes resemble that bike, but yes. the, the only thing they changed was the square headlight compared yeah. to the round. And it, it, it doesn't fit any other aspect of the bike. You can't get, it's very hard for me to get past the square headlight. I, I just, so podcast listeners, please fucking comment and tell us a bike that had a beautiful square, you know, an SAE car headlight, not square in the shape of a square, but like all no, cool no Ducati's and- allowed. Cause you can't pull up the Ducati like SP 800 or whatever that fucking bike was. Cause it was mm-hmm. still ugly. So that doesn't count. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's tough. I mean, that's a hard sin to get past. 
And if you're a motorcycle designer and you come up with some cool, beautiful design for your motorcycle and the guys over in the marketing department or the bill paying department tell you it has to have a square fucking headlight, you know, because we're going to save money. That sucks, man. Was there, was there, let me ask you guys this and ask your knowledge. Was there ever a, like, you know how the, the late eighties, nineties sport bikes had two round headlights in the Mm -hmm. front. Was there ever a bike that had two square headlights next to each other? God, I hope not. Yeah, no shit. I know there were some aftermarket fairings that had way yeah. too many lights on them. Right. But I'm just but I don't know about square side by side. Because yeah. the, the round side by side, that's sought after. Like that gives a certain look at I mean, my heartstrings pull when I see two round headlights on a sport bike, you know? You take an old GSXR and do two side by sides. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, that's your standard VT. I mean, there's your, there's your 500 right there with a square headlight in that doesn't make it look better. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah, I get it. You got square turn signals, you got square headlight, your gauges are square with circles in the middle. That's even, that's ridiculous. The fact that you have a square gauge, but then in the middle of the gauge, you've got a circle gauge, you know, like, come on, man. Like that stuff. I mean, yeah, squares worked okay on Yugos. Squares worked okay on Dodge Omnis. Squares worked okay on a lot of stuff that was like really ultimately square and boxy. And on my Moto Compo, everything on the Moto Compo was a square, except for the wheels. Well, it's it's interesting too how like companies, so like Suzuki, right? 1980, right. my 80, 1980 GS850, everything's round. The, yeah. the, the reflectors on the back are round. Everything's round. The, yeah. the turn signals are round, everything. My 82, yeah. the, the reflectors are square. The turn yeah. signals are square, but this headlight is still round. Oh, 83, yeah. everything's square and sh- ugly as fuck. The, that early 1982 apparently was when they decided that the future was here and the future was going to be square. Yeah. Well, my 81 Suzuki is square. Yeah. Square oh, yeah. oh, really? And, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that GS450 was one of those bikes that it was unabashedly square. When it, it was a stunner, up. though. That was Chicks, the owner. Chicks really dug that bike. <laughs> the owner's pretty square, too. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah with a lot of rough edges. Square? So square. <laughs> what year? about the Interceptor? Yeah, and that was another one. Boy, that's a good example of... <laughs> That's that's everything that you can do to make that to make that work, and that really is. I think you, I think that might be the winner. I think that might be the bike that somehow pulled it off. I think that might be it. I can't think of a better looking bike than the Interceptor with square headlight. Yeah, that's probably it. You're right. Yeah, Here, I'll find that one. What year? And they eventually you? fixed that and got rid of the square headlight. But they uh, just search 1983 Honda motorcycle, and you'll get every. <laughs> no, you're right. That was it. There yeah. wasn't a square. There wasn't a round headlight to be found in the world in 1983. No, but no. this. You're right. This bike is dope looking, man. I think that's the. I think that's as good. I think that might be the high water mark. I mean. And they're good bikes too. I mean, they're oh yeah, that is a great bike. They're such good bikes. They're just such nice bikes. The five hundred is magical too. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing bad about the five hundred. The five hundred's magic. They really are. It's a shame, you know. It's a shame the carburetors can be such a nightmare and the valve lubrication can be a problem. But 
they are just wonderful bikes well, to ride. And also the 15-inch front wheel or whatever. Yeah, that was weird. The 15-inch yeah. front wheel still looks stupid today. I mean, look at this right here. <laughs> that's crazy. The bike is always going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. They did that so the bike would turn in better. You know? Right. You know, so, you know, reduce that uh, gyroscopic mass. But if you wanted to see a bike that you could give away for five bucks, like six years ago, yeah. and now they're starting to get 25 to three grand for them is this bike. If you have a decent one of these, they're going up in value, man. Bring it on. Seven, no, I'm saying the... the, the oh, one you mean the Interceptors? Yeah, the Interceptors, oh, man. Oh, yeah, but the problem is... The problem is what it what it costs you to take an interceptor from a non-running been sitting for 10 years as interceptor into a running well interceptor is two grand right so if the bike is worth zero dollars by the time it's running it's worth two grand right you know there's there's no such thing as an easy waking up like Look, I got a I got a 700 cc Super Magnus sitting in my garage right now, and it has not fucking fired a piston in 25 years. Right, so that's a V4 that hasn't fired a shot in anger in 25 years. I don't even want to think about bringing that bike back from the dead. You know, I'm not going to touch it. It's it's going to leave here in the back of somebody's pickup truck, and it'll probably be on its side. As much as I hate to say it, because it's a Super Magna, but I don't want to do that job. I have no desire to do a V4. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's just, it's tough. And we've done enough of them, man. Those, those interceptors, they're terrible hard to work on the carbs. It's just a, a terrible place to be. And then God forbid, if you have to do the cam, like you have to, if you have to do the valves, right. like doing the valves and doing the carbs on an interceptor, that's young man's work. You know, yeah, I, have, I have no desire to ever own one of those. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're they're fun as hell to ride. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, I, I'll ride somebody else's. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel about the Africa Twin. Uh, <laughs> and you're doing real well with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, how far do you have to reach up to adjust the valves on your anus? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, up to the elbow. Of elbow. He's got a push rod for his anus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feeling I've missed a whole lot of anus jokes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's only two of them that were funny. Look at look, Dustin. <laughs> That's okay, Dustin. We'll go over all of them again. Lay them all back to you. <laughs> best ones. The the best one. The absolute number one best joke is Chris bought a Janus. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've um, one of our friends down in uh, Sev. So our friend down in uh, South Carolina, Sev has a G anus. Um, in his shop, so somebody traded one in, and it's but it's not the the hardtail one like Chris's. It's not. It's like more of the '60s style one, um, whatever that would be. But I think they're selling it for like three grand. So for somebody who does want a j anus, um, you can get in touch with Sev <laughs> <laughs> because he does have a very Sev has a very cheap j anus. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Slightly yeah. used. Slightly, slightly <laughs> used. Slightly, yeah. Lightly used. Lightly used. Very easy for you to have his Janus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's so bad. The uh, what I will say, I but for people who do want to get, if they do want to find out more about it, I'll give you guys the information for um, Sev Shop. The uh, he's you can get in touch with Sev, um, and if I'm not mistaken. God, I'm trying to remember the name of his shop. It's it's one of those ones I haven't been there, so I'm I'm not on top of it. Um, give me a second. I'll, I I swear to God, I'll conjure it up here shortly. The uh, and I know that they're they're looking for somebody right now too. They're they're looking for a salesperson at his shop. So that's a that's a thing too. And uh, it's not in uh, it's not in Cleveland. So it's it's probably warm there right now. So that's 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 real. Team Power Sports of Raleigh. So yeah, so he's in Raleigh. So uh, so he's in Raleigh, and it's Team Power Sports. And I know for a fact they have a Janus there. So yeah, and you can ask Sev to see his Janus. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> now it is it is different though because Sev does have a black Janus. <laughs> oh, uh. that's. I, I've seen it. He showed me a picture of it. So he sent me a picture of his black Janus. So yeah, that's, that's available. So that's cool. What color is Christmas Janus. What's that? What color is Christmas Janus? A uh, Genghis green. Ooh, I'd get that looked at. <laughs> He's got a rather olive drab Janus. <laughs> Chris, it's a four stroke, right? Yes, it is. It is a four-stroke. Yeah, <laughs> and, and most of the leather surrounding the green parts looks a bit worked over, so it's kind of interesting. The, so, so the the so the, the, Jan, the Janus down there and uh, at Team Power Sports, that's a that's their Phoenix, which is their cafe bike. Oh, the Phoenix Janus. Yeah, and you know what? So it it's their build number two zero zero two, which is really cool. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. So that's a Janus that's arisen from the fire. That's a uh, yeah. flaming Janus. Yeah, they're a griffin, maybe? I don't know. The Phoenix. Phoenix is the Or the Phoenix, right. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. 3150 is asking. Yeah. Well, Chris Chris's uh Chris's Janus has had a bunch of Amish uh has been handled by a bunch of Amish people. So this they, is they the, got their Amish uh leather work all over Chris's Janus. The Phoenix, yeah, that's what it was. It's a Phoenix for sure. Black colored yep. one. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's theirs. And that's uh, Team Power Sports has got a black Phoenix Janus for sale. Uh, cool. Very cool. If you if you want one. If you want to join a member of the Janus Society. <clears throat> I may have to go down and get that one, too. Yeah. You, I mean, look, there's anybody would be impressed by a guy with two Januses. Well, that would be that, that actually would be Jane I. <laughs> I am a man with two Januses. <laughs> I twice the work. <laughs> is that a beer parallel configuration? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know that's the thing. You can you doesn't matter. You you can only ride one Janus at a time. So that's no matter how many you have. It's in, it's in line. That way you never shit yourself. <laughs> well, but he can have he can make the decision whether he wants to have a centipede centipede Janus's. <laughs> he can have a rigid Janus, or he can have a soft tail Janus. I have I have a new contender. Yes, uh, for the ugliest bike ever. After our conversation, a okay, I'm ready. 
You ready for this? Yeah. Are you guys all familiar with Aprilia? Way too Aprilia. Way too familiar with Aprilia. They made this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? So this is the 6.5. So yeah. the 6.5, it's the opposite of the square headlight. There is not a single straight line anywhere on this motorcycle. No. Yeah. So this was a mid-90s triumph of design, uh, the 6.5. So it's, I, I... It's a beaut. <laughs> I, like, I, even the radiator is curved. I wouldn't be surprised if the forks were shaped like bananas. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, this bike is all curves. I almost liked it in a strange, like Pacific Coast kind of way. I do too. I'm I'm gonna say I don't hate it as bad as I should because I applaud them for like it is extraordinarily organic. It looks like it looks like progressive commercials would have a porpoise on top of this being a yes. porpoise car or something like that. And it's also that sort of mid '90s things where they do like nine versions of the same color, so it's all just different textures. Like, you know that gas tank feels like something. It's not just shiny. Like, and the whole time, Chris Smith was just looking at this girl over here. So congratulations. <laughs> well done. All right. Yeah. Yeah, the Aprilia 6.5 would definitely be one of those ones that's just like, yeah, I know that you were trying for artistic. Yeah. And you just went too far. Yeah. I don't think they sold many of those at all because, no. come on. It was 1995. You could have bought any other motorcycle <laughs> and it wasn't an Aprilia, you know? Right. So <laughs> It looks designed by the illustrator Mobius. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's every, like, seriously, that bike should not actually curve like a normal bike. That bike right. should like be hinged in the middle or something. Yeah. Yeah, very curvy, very European. Very, very fifth element. Yeah. yeah. The movie Fifth Element. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, rubber, that's, like the orange rubber holy vest or whatever she was wearing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you that that could have been a prop vehicle in there, and you just would have had to make the the gasoline motor sound go away. Multi pass. <laughs> <laughs> multi pass. <laughs> it's the Aprilia multi pass. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, nobody's got anything else. I don't think so. All right. Oh, for me. That's cool, man. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on. No, it was great to come back to my, my first virtual podcast. Yeah, this is as close as we're going to get. Yeah. Unless we, all, unless we all agree to just meet up in the middle of the woods. <laughs> and burn something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we, that's how we meet all the nicest fire people is we just burn <laughs> a building that Steve owns. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got to meet three different fire departments. Yeah, it was right. <laughs> but nobody was arrested. Yeah. I'm still shocked about that. So I'm happy. I'm thrilled. But again. And were there full were there full beer bottles next to you and Merritt? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two weeks so, later? Yeah. So like this was just we were we were just there the other day. So we were there on Sunday. And so we were there on Sunday and all those beers were there. The IPAs and the Rolling Rocks were there. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I, I picked up one of the Rolling Rocks and I cracked it and no gases came out of it because it's been negative 20 several days. So those beers have been frozen and thawed and frozen and thawed and frozen and thawed so many times. So I took up, nah, it was terrible, undrinkable. But the IPAs were in a can, right? 
So I was like, oh, well, those IPAs are probably still okay. Nope, the cans were squishy. Oh. They there froze. Was, and there was no leak. Like, the cans were still solid. They weren't leaking. But when you cracked it, no fizz. Uh, so, yeah. So Yeah, anything under 8% is going to freeze. Yeah, oh, it had definitely frozen. At the moment we were there, it wasn't frozen. But, you know, I gave it a sip and threw it the fuck out. I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. But it was funny they were still there because in my neighborhood, that would have been gone instantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So does anyone want to go uh, riding this weekend? Yes, all of that. I'm going snowboarding at the Holiday Valley for the next three days. Oh, all right. Well, you yeah. do. Next time you see me, I'll be in a cast. <laughs> Where are you planning on riding, Nick? Uh, who am I kidding? None of my bikes run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, if we got someplace indoors to ride. <laughs> I know the code for that big barn. <laughs> we can get back into that big barn. <laughs> but honestly, it was funny in that barn. I went upstairs and there were, there were actually were motorcycle tracks on the floor, like on the dance floor. So um, somebody had managed to get a bike up there and, and do some circles, do nice. some... <laughs> Nice. Figure eights on the dance floor. Well done. Uh, it's only stairs, so they had to be bold. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, cool, man. Anybody got anything okay. else? Okay. I think that's, that's it. it. Looks like Ooh. Dustin, play us out of here. Ride fast and take chances. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da